Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. All right, just talking to Josh out there who's listening. So, Josh, what I'll do is I'll make your line live in, in a minute, uh, and then you can just mute yourself, and then if you want to uh, join our conversation. Uh, but it's, it's going to be a very, very busy day. So let's get to uh, Bill Fecky right away. Night Action Radio presents the Fecky Report. in Action Radio Land. Hey, Mr. Bill. Mr. Penglis, I presume? Uh, well, no, no. Actually, this is a substitute. Mr. Penglis is out today. So we've got uh, Ferd Ferkel. So Ferd Ferkel is now filling in for Greg Penglis. So just call me for night, and we'll just go from there. Well, Ferd okay, Ferkel's on the Fer- show today. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be fun. So just uh, say whatever's on your mind. If I don't know what the answer is, I'll just damn well make it up. So go ahead. Mr. Penglis will be back tomorrow, I think. Go ahead, Bill. Tell us what's on your mind. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> so uh, so tonight is going to be a panel of losers up on the stage. Uh, and the reason why I say that is that they have officially already lost. And yeah. the, reason why I say, the reason why I say that is is that President Trump is pulling a great Democrat uh, game plan. And huh. he's going to turn himself because uh, it is because what he is uh, doing tomorrow is a typical Democrat, uh, right out of the playbook of the Democrats. Hmm. If you have noticed, every time. Oh, and by the way, he is going to get uh, indicted one more time. Of course, um, and I'm about to explain that too. Uh, well, he needs more. So he every, needs more ratings. <laughs> He'll just boost his ratings again. <laughs> so every single time comes out about Biden's doings over in foreign countries. The very next day, Trump gets indicted. Hmm. So now um, uh, Senator McCarthy is actually getting the bank statements and wire transfers from Joe Biden. Um, So I'm expecting the very next day for Trump to be indicted. The reason (laughs) why is is because the news won't focus on yesterday's news. They're going to focus on today's news. Thus, fast forward to uh, tomorrow – um, it's exactly what President Trump is going to do. Um, instead of tomorrow, all the news pundits talking about tonight's debate, mm-hmm. they're going to be talking about President Trump turning himself in uh, to the state of Georgia. Yeah, but this one's so got cameras, gonna... though. This one's got cameras. It's going to be very interesting to actually watch it. This is going to be fun. Especially if Trump makes a speech. Well, it is, but I'd like to make a statement, please. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, all the news is going to be focusing on President Trump turning himself in tomorrow. No right. one's going to be talking about tonight's debate. Well, let me ask you a question. And, this is a this is a really good point. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish. Then I'll, then I'll ask my question. No, I'm done. Go ahead. 
Okay, because it seems like because they know they can't win these cases, these cases are all completely bogus. These charges are all bogus. Everything about this is bogus, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it's just the idea of Trump being indicted, and they're treating Chris Christie, for example, you know, Mr. Beach Whale, uh, keeps talking about these indictments. Well, Trump has to answer for his crimes. I said, wait a minute, this is just an indictment. I mean, you can indict a ham sandwich, as the saying goes. You can indict, an indictment doesn't mean anything especially these days when, it, when it's a political indictment uh, for, for Trump. So it's almost like they just want the optics because they know they can't win the case. They know the cases aren't going to go forward until after the election, although that's what they're certainly trying for. This is just propaganda. This is human money. So it's almost like the indictment is, is an end in and of itself. The more times they indict him, you know, he's already got, what, 400 years of potential uh, penalties? I think one of them includes uh, the death penalty, if I remember, <laughs> one, of these, one of these offenses. So like insurrection, you know, it's like an old Civil War death penalty. And it's, it's laughable. It's hysterical. It, it's like, you know, beating a proverbial dead horse. I mean, how many times can you indict somebody? How many more, how many more years can you serve after the first 400? I mean, this is laughable at this point. So is, my question is, is the indictment itself uh, the goal, an end in itself, just to have Trump on, uh, you know, facing yet another indictment, having to plead not guilty again? What do you think? Okay, so I, I've done a lot of thought on this. And then uh, mm-hmm. I had an epiphany the other day. I was reading an article about, yes, I was reading an article about um, in Ohio how the the voting laws are changing to where anything that change, uh, any vote, more, it's kind of like the American Constitution, the the U.S. Senate, where anything that has to pass has to pass with a 60% vote instead of just a simple majority. So -hmm. they're doing that in Ohio which I've Good. always been in favor of. Yeah, I've, I've always been in favor of that. So, But the, the article was more about how the abortionists feel this is a win and that they're going to be able to keep a lot, you know, keep killing kids and all this fun stuff. Imagine, so, imagine bottom, living your life for, for killing babies. I mean, what kind of person does that? What kind of person crusades? We're going to get out there and we're going to talk about this as a, as, a, as a right to choose, you know, not for the baby, obviously. But how do people live that life? What do you say at the end of the day? Hey, I, I got a lot more abortions happening. I did a good day's work. How do people live like that? It's, it's like unconscionable okay. to me. Well, I, well, if you notice, most of the people that live that way are usually on either some kind of anxiety medicine, some kind of antidepressants. Oh, they usually have pink hair, blue hair. <laughs> what's um, the medicine have to do which, with it? Because you're, you're in the health biz. What, what's the medi- what are the antidepressants have to do? Does it change your personality that much? But I know the side effects no, are homicidal no, and it, suicidal tendencies. What it is, is that you're talking, about, you're talking about someone who's already mentally not there 100%. Okay. Um, so, you know, so, and so they end up getting on medication to try to, try to get 100%. But as it's been proven time and time again, uh, antidepressants um, are one of the leading cause, causes of suicide. Um, you, more well, isn't that interesting contradiction? Being, well, and even yeah, that's on is, the label. It? It's like say it's like where it says the masks don't work for viruses. You know, right on the box. This, this will not prevent uh, you know the the viruses going through it. <laughs> but I wear it anyway just for COVID, which actually is a virus. You know, but the same thing. Right. If antidepressants cause greater suicide, why are they still on the market? They don't have the liability well, that I vaccines mean, have. Well, that's well, that's the same question as why is the COVID vaccine still and why are they still pushing the COVID booster shot when there's like less than 10% coverage of, of the, with the new variant. It doesn't What's work. What's the new variant? I, I call the new variant the government COVID variant, you know, the one that's causing yeah, the lockdowns to seal the election. Uh, so it's like BE09 or something like uh-huh. that. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's exactly what we all said it would be at the end of the day, and that is more like the flu. And that's what it is now. It, it, I mean, there's over well, 100 like the different. 
Yeah, well, there's over 100 different strands of influenza. Most people don't even realize that. They say huh. flu is the flu. But there's over 100 different strands of the flu right. up, until, up until the Wuhan virus uh, came out. It was, there was nine different strands of coronavirus before mm-hmm. 2019. Then they uh, made most more. people don't know that. <laughs> and, and they they just made about another, what, 20, yeah. 30. Uh, I mean, yeah. by the time it's all over, it's going to be 100 different strands. I mean, it's but just going to. But people, uh, people who've had the, the, the COVID shot make the, vir- the variants because COVID shot, you know, uh, destroys your immune system's ability to adapt to variants. That's how the variants arise in the COVID shot people. And they're the ones spreading it. This is a pandemic of the vaccinated. Correct. Exactly, and, and that's why we never. That's why we've never uh, promoted it at our office. Yeah. Well, good. You're doing a good job there. Uh, we got a couple folks listening. Yeah. We got Ron Reck in the on uh, live chat. We got uh, Marco uh, in the Netherlands. Always checking. Netherlands is growing, by the way. So I don't know if Marco's single-handedly responsible for that, but uh, our, our European contingent is growing, and England is our biggest audience outside the United States now. I find that interesting, also. So Excellent. if anybody knows Nigel Farage, get him in contact with me. I want to get him on the show. Back to you, Bill. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so so we're talking about President Trump, um, who's mm-hmm. going to get turned in tomorrow. He'll probably get one more indictment. Oh, but going back to my um, – uh-huh. so we're talking about the abortion uh, article that I was reading. Mm-hmm. So at the bottom of the article on MSN's uh, front page, um, you know, you click on these articles, and there's always like this uh, little survey at the bottom. And the survey is oh. different questions like – yeah, the first question always has to do with that article. So are you for or against abortion? Second question um, will be either, you know, how, what's your political leaning? Or in this case, it was how likely are you to vote for President Trump? The third was are you conservative, repo, uh, conservative, leaning, repo, leaning conservative, liberal, blah. And then the last one's always like some kind of money question. So I went ahead and filled it out. And going back to what you're say, asking about the indictments and how mm-hmm. it's not working, it may seem to be working a little bit um, with the fair weather, quote unquote, conservatives, which are really not their rhinos. Um, so when they're talking about abortion in, in this specific survey, the people who actually filled it out, 80 percent were pro-life. Okay. What was Only the source again? 60 60- What's that? What was the source again? What may, oh, I missed um, it. Was, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't remember who the actual article came from. So, so MSN, MSN, what is that? What does that stand for? It, yeah, it, I thought it was so, it, so if you go, if you go to um, Microsoft Edge and you just click on Microsoft Edge, a news uh-huh. page pops up. Okay, and then you, and then it, it pulls articles from different parts, uh, from different um, new, news. You know, different news articles and stuff like that. I don't know how they configure. They kind of, you know, it's all AI driven and what right. what you like and stuff like that. So are we better? So way? anyway, I, I'm not really here. I'm at, this is an AI show now. We've been replaced. Yeah. Okay. Good job, Good. huh? Maybe that I could, sounds like me. Maybe I might be able to finish the <laughs> sentence now. No. <laughs> no, probably not. Have you ever been able to? Probably. Not. I'm sorry. ADHD, man. I, I just, you know, four words. Yeah, know. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> so. uh so anyway, so it was about 80% pro-life, but then when it got asking, are you going to vote for President Trump or someone else? And I don't look at just, you know, the people who voted, who are going to vote for President Trump, because there's always four questions. Are you going to definitely vote for him? Are you leaning towards him? Are you leaning towards someone else? Are you definitely not voting for him? 
I always, I always, you know, the first two I kind of combine together because if you're leaning towards voting for him, you're going to vote mm-hmm. for him if it when it comes down to him against Biden. So that's the way I look at that. Do you think it's going to so be Biden? Combined, combined, the first two leaning mm-hmm. and definitely voting was only sixty three percent. So eighty percent of the people who are pro life only six only sixty three percent say that they're go, that they're definitely are going to be voting for President Trump. These indictments may actually be working with the drive-by voter. And I, it, well, it's and a perception so, thing. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, know, the perception I, I'm, is, is someone's yeah. – go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish this. Okay. I, I'm actually getting a little concerned by this. And mm-hmm. instead of President Trump trying to push these out and having them linger over his head uh, throughout the whole election process, I'm thinking he needs to rush these through – and get them out as quickly as possible to they prove won't. that they're fraud. No, no, which he, I know they won't. He, he doesn't have to prove his innocence. No, I, I disagree because they, they want this during the election season. They need to postpone it because as soon as the, once he's in office, he can fire all those people and investigate them for prosecutorial misconduct. Well, he could do that no matter what. But if you're going yeah. to have this lingering over the head, there is going to be that doubt in the drive-by voters. Well. And, 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 there's another option that's not being taken. Where's all the GOP? Let's, put, let's imagine this with the Democrats. Every single, if, you, if these same indictments were coming out against uh, Brandon, every single Democrat would be screaming, these are bogus. They'd be holding press conferences. Yep. They'd be all over the media. This is a bunch of nonsense. They can't, these are just this is the poor, whimpering little Republicans. They can't win the election, so they're now charging. Or, you know, um, well, I, mean, I think I got my, my, my thing backwards anyway. But the Democrats would be, yeah, they'd be saying, you know, the poor Republicans, they can't win an election any other way. They've got to cheat. They've got to come up with bogus charges. That's what the Democrats would be doing if we were charging them. Right. And Correct. so so the, the, the gonad less, the, the gelding uh, old party, the, the Republican weenies, as, as Jonathan calls them, not one single one of them. That should be the major topic of the debate tonight. If they were real Republicans, every one of those goobers and I call them the GOP goobers, the goo, those that's like the, this is my short form for, uh, you know, um, globalist deep state is they're all goobers. So the goober debate tonight. Every one of them should be saying those charges are bogus. This is ridiculous. We stand together as a party. This is insane. Trump isn't guilty of a single thing. There's nothing to these charges. This is purely political. That's what they'd be saying if this is a Republican Party. The fact that they're not incredibly revealing and the fact that uh, they're not saying that because this whole debate was set up to, again, prosecute Trump you know, with the Republican Party. And that's the problem. And that's why these, these charges have have more merit than they should in people's minds simply because there is no opposition to them. And people assume if you're charged with something, then you must be guilty. Why else would you be charged with it? Certain percentage will say that. You've got to think about it to realize that this is totally bogus. This is basically you know, political prisoner operation. Same as putting the J6 people away because you've got to maintain the coup. Same mentality. So where are the Republicans? Where, where are the gonadless, gelding uh, Republicans? That's, what, you know, that's the problem. Well, so. they're, they're exactly where they always are. You know, they're mm-hmm. hiding underneath their desk, hoping to get reelected by keeping their mouth shut. And, and that's exactly what they've been doing for mm-hmm. years and years and years. Instead of making mm-hmm. a stand um, and coming out and defending President Trump, because what, what they keep forgetting about is it mm-hmm. doesn't stop with President Trump. And mm-hmm. perfect example is the Democrat Party used Trump as a platform, more or less, calling him uh, Hitler, a Nazi, all this stuff. And if you notice, who's second in line uh, in, in the polls? Ron DeSantis. They're calling him the exact same thing and because well, sure. they're able to get away – because they got away with it once 
they're going to mm-hmm. keep going back to that playbook over and over again. And then yeah. if, you know, and then, you know, using the word fascism is one of the f- funniest things I ever found in my entire life, a Democrat <laughs> calling anyone a fascist, fascist. When you look at what's happening in New York right now between Bloomberg, uh, you know, banning big gulps, and now uh, the city council in New York City is going to fine every restaurant for putting plasticware into go into go stuff. Um, you know, it let yeah, it let if you go to New York City, I think it starts Jan, July of next year. If you get something to go, you have to ask for utensils. If they put the utensils in automatically, or if they put ketchup packets in automatically without you asking, the restaurant gets fined. If that's not fascist, then what is? Well, no, yeah. that's that's just insane. But you know, it's interesting. Uh, there was a meme. Uh, for those that haven't been there, our action radio comedy freedom frontier is is, is the wild west of Facebook. Uh, we actually got our first uh, challenge on that too from the the, the fact chuckers, as I call them. Um, but uh, there's a meme that said that it, we've gone from uh, plastic straws wrapped in paper to paper straws wrapped in plastic. <laughs> and it's, yeah. So what's the point of that? You've now got straws that don't work you know, wrapped in the very thing that, that would make them work. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, and, and I'm uh, glad you brought uh-huh. that up because I got a great segue for that. You know, oh, please, segue away. You know, yeah. Okay, so, you, you know, the big thing about the straws a couple of years ago was the fact uh-huh. that you'd see these turtles with straws in their nose, like, you know, like Hunter Biden uh, on a Monday morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And, you know, how did those straws get in that turtle's nose? It, it wasn't because they're swimming around because anyone who's ever swam in an ocean or pool, if you do happen to get something in your nose, that water is going to wash it out pretty quickly and it's never going to stick or you're going to yeah. blow it out pretty quickly. That's, yeah. Those straws were placed there by these activists to make a point. Segway of course to, these wild, to these wildfires that are happening. So many cases are being buried. You know, it's almost like the whole Roswell thing where day one, it, it was a UFO. I, I, you know, I saw it. I saw the aliens. Oh, and then two days later, it's a weather balloon. Mm-hmm. You fast forward to this, uh, to this latest one in Hawaii. Day one, they had three suspects uh, interrogated uh, that were environmental activists who they believe started the fire. Next thing you know, they found some transformer blowing up and saying that was the cause of it. Now, this is Maui you're talking about? Maui, yeah. Or where? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah Maui. We spend a, yeah. I spent a few days. I was looking for ignition sources. Um, so my basic thing on Maui, just real quickly, is that it's not uh, direct energy weapons. It's not uh, lasers from space. It's, you know, it's most likely, uh, well, I was looking for a source on environmental wacko setting the fires. That's what happens in California. Because these things always happen in liberal states, right? Hawaii, Oregon, yeah. California, Canada, Greece, which is socialist, right? So all these, oh, my mm-hmm. former people. You know, so all these folks are, they're always happening in liberal places. You don't see a lot of fires like this in Texas, you know, and, and different states. Uh, Florida, we take care of stuff here pretty quickly with, with fires. But it happens in liberal states. So the cause, you need three things for a fire, right? You need fuel, and that'd be dry grass trees and things like that. Maui's got that. You need ignition source. Uh, they had hurricane force winds. Those are 75 mile an hour winds. Hurricane category one starts at 74. So you got hurricane force winds blowing down power lines that are already inadequate. Hawaiian electric you know, has known for years that their power lines weren't strong enough for the winds in Maui, right? So there's your ignition mm-hmm. source when the power lines break. They kept the power on, they turned the water off, and they didn't blow the sirens. <laughs> you know, it's like the perfect storm, literally. Yeah. But it's not 
but a yeah. vast conspiracy. It's not a, but the only conspiracy would be the environmental wackos that started it to blame climate change. That I do believe. I just don't have a source on it yet. So if you have a source, well, you know, please post it. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll send you the source later today if I could find it again. Um, yeah, no I, rush. Yeah, I, was looking for, I was looking for it last night to prepare for the show so I could uh, name the name. Uh, right. But, of course, it's been very deep, as they usually are. Um, you yeah, know, because, you know, it can never yeah. be it can never be a man-made fire. It has to be from climate change. And speaking of which, Governor Idiot up in uh, Washington um, came out and blamed every forest fire on oil and gas. And if we hmm. would just get rid of if we would just get rid of oil and gas and go 100, we would never have a forest fire. Which How does he explain forest it, fires before the Industrial Revolution? I mean, just out of curiosity. Well, it's not only that; it's that it, now they're you know they're contradicting themselves like they usually do. If you're <laughs> going to uh, bury the, the climate activists who started the fire in Maui and blame mm-hmm. it on a transformer, mm-hmm. electric. <laughs> Yo, great. Yeah, yeah. So okay. electricity actually is dangerous. We should we should have more oil and gas and uh, and uranium. We should Water have more power. nuclear power. Well, I made this point yesterday that all this electricity it doesn't matter what form it's generated. It's supposed to travel through power lines. And you know one yeah. of the things they could have done was put the power lines in Lahaina underground. I mean, we have underground yep. power lines in Milton, Florida. You know, if you look around Milton, the historic district of Milton downtown, all right, power lines are underground. They, they come above ground, you know, once you get outside the, I think, yeah, kind of at the edge of the historic district, you're going to see the power lines start to come out of the ground again. But those are the ones that are vulnerable to the hurricanes. So, you know, in, and they still have power failures um, downtown. I know because I'm, I'm not that far from downtown. Um, but you've got, you know, I know Pensacola where they have uh, underground power lines. I don't know if they're underground around you. But the simple solution, if they really want to fix the hurricane situation from Texas to, uh, you know, Key West in the, in the, the Gulf Coast, um, is just put the power lines underground for the first 30 miles, you know, from the coastline. That would make a huge difference. Same thing with Hawaii. In the place where they have hurricane force winds and a dry climate, Maui, which is a lot drier than Oahu, obviously. I've been to Oahu. It rains every day there at 4 o'clock. I don't think they've ever had a major fire. You know, but you, you put the power lines underground in the areas that are most vulnerable. Hello? So this is, this so, is negligent. So my question with that, though, uh-huh. so my question with that, uh, with the power lines going underground, would be the same thing with basements uh, here in Florida. You just can't do it because the water table's too high. Right. Um, Louisiana, same yeah, thing. So, New I mean, Orleans, yeah. Yeah. You'd be floating. Yeah, New Orleans is the same. Don't yeah, bury people in floating, New Orleans. So, <laughs> you got to bury them yeah, around you. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely come back up. <laughs> yeah, then it looks like the vampire guys. stories. They're here. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I could only assume that that'd be the reason why they don't have them below ground in Hawaii. Um, I know here locally, um, the power company uh, here who scams people out of millions of dollars on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just flat flat out lies to the oh, people. Oh, Florida Power and Light? Yes. Let's mention names. It used to be Gulf yes. Power. How come, yes. they, how come they switched so they could extort more money? Basically, that's what it is. Uh, Florida Power Light was a South Florida company uh, who mm-hmm. had every single politician in Tallahassee, all Republicans, by the way, um, in in their pocket and were allowed to do whatever they felt like doing. Sounds um, like Disney. They decided, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, basically. Like Disney of Power, Disney. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so and so they decided to buy Gulf Power, which was uh, part of a bigger company, Southern, uh, Southern the Southern Company. It was what it was called. And it was Georgia Power, Alabama Power, and Florida and Gulf Power. Uh, Florida Power and Light bought the uh, Gulf Power 
portion of Southern Energy or Southern Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and my rates went up. And, and, yeah, <laughs> right. immediately went, rates went up. They claimed it was for infrastructure purposes. Um, then they start. Then they raised it again, saying that they needed solar panels uh, mm-hmm. to provide clean energy. So it went up again, and now they're going up again because they're saying that uh, they need to upgrade their current uh, solar power. Well, here's the solar panel. Here's the problem with electricity. Electricity is a government utility. It's a guaranteed profit, so the investors you know, in this private company get their guaranteed government income. So it's a, it's a, the public utilities are a very strange entity. I would privatize the entire electric grid. I mean, we have privatized oil, and we have no problem getting gasoline. You know, we have privatized yep. coal. You know, we've got privatized uh, – uh, I think no nuclear energy is still government control because of the nature of, you know, process uranium, nuclear bombs, and that kind of stuff. So I understand that of real strict safeguards on nuclear power, especially nuclear plants, which makes them the safest, you know, power around. Um, but, uh, but as far as uh, electricity, why don't we just privatize it? What if the, the best power generation I'll is I'll give you one good reason why you wouldn't. What, the money? There's a very – no, population control. Oh. You control, okay. you, you control electricity. You control the population. You know, and, that's and that's I said. This is all, you know, yeah. And you yeah. have to, you know, these smart meters that people are putting inside their home, they mm-hmm. don't realize that's going to come back to bite them in the end because the government will have access to how much electricity you have. And if you get into a liberal state like a New York or Washington, they could turn around and say, hey, you're using too much electricity for your, you know, two-family house. You know, you need, you know, you, we're going to cut, no, it's worse cut you off one hour a day. Yeah, no, it's actually, well, it's worse than that because I remember smart meters when they came to California. We had a huge fight over them. They didn't give you a choice. They just put them in, okay? The purpose of the smart meter, uh, and this is why I say you cannot have monopower. You cannot have one source of energy, uh, especially one controlled by the government. So the best thing we can do is privatize electricity. Like I say, maybe, uh, you know, people can have solar panels on the house if they want or a little, wind, little windmill on the rooftop. Those actually work pretty well. Um, or small power generators throughout communities, you know, uh, instead of one big one. And so you have much smaller, multiple generators owned by indep- independent companies. You know, um, that would be a far better way to go. But the, but the problem, the, you know, with, with having one energy source and these smart meters is they, they, they dispense your power. They don't just meter your power, they dispense it. And as you're saying, they'll cut off your power. They don't have to worry about, uh, you know, saying you're, they don't have to warn you and say you're using too much power. They just simply cut it off. They have rolling uh, brownouts and blackouts in California already. They've already stated yep. that uh, you have to have an electric car, and then they tell people they can't charge it up. So they're already doing that. Electricity is like health. If they can monopolize government health and give people no free choice, no ability to, to make their own health care decisions, same thing with power. They, may, they give people no ability to make choices of what energy source they use. They control everything. So this is why we have to uh, – well, we should write a bill on this. Interesting thing to explore, privatizing the entire electric grid. Oh, you can't do that, Greg. Yes, we can. It works for oil. You know, there's plenty of gas in the gas stations. <laughs> you know, and if we can't uh, if we can't get it from our domestic source, we buy it. And uh, when it's too expensive to buy it, we make it ourselves. You know, and so it's a market. So why isn't there a free market in electricity? I'm okay, so um, a couple of things. Yeah, I got a couple of minutes. So um, sure, gas and oil is a whole different ball game because it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to transport it, and you don't need uh, a fixed asset, I'll call it, as a power line or Wait, wires. A pipeline. Well, a pipe, how about a pipeline? Well, you, yeah, but most of the uh, – yeah, well, that's true. And, but, I mean, all the pipelines are being shut down currently. Um, Not the Alaska pipeline. But, I've been there. It's huge. Well, true. It yeah. It's kind of yeah, exciting, it is. actually. It is. It's but, something that big. Yeah, but but, but uh, all that oil, it's like, what, so how much 10 feet across? Yeah, but 
Yeah, but what? we're shipping that oil out. That oil is being shipped out. And we're well, importing crazy. oil in. On, yeah, which is. Yeah. Um, so so it, that's a different animal in itself. Where if you're mm-hmm. talking about privatizing electric companies, will it end up being like the cable company where you um, you buy a franchise from the state to capture a certain area um, because – or do you let everyone in and you have a million power lines and million power poles just uh, decorating every single street? Um, oh, good question. That's part of the how, how do the gas stations yeah, do it? How do the gas stations do it? Well, the, well I mean, you got do underground tanks. You call, you call up Exxon and say, hey, I, I need oil. Exxon comes out, puts oil in, or puts gas into your tank, and then mm-hmm. they leave. It's not. It's not this. It's it's totally. It's no, but totally there's a lot separate. of pipelines in use too. Do you think every company has their own pipeline to the gas no. stations? Okay, so they must be no, sharing and, pipelines. And, and actually, if you if you look at um, gas as a whole in all these you know, like mom and pop stores, they're getting mm-hmm. gas from the bigger places anyways, from the Exxon, right. from the Chevron. Um, so there's really only like three or four companies still being. A lot of that is being shipped in and then put mm. into storage tanks. So, you know, it, but it's all centrally located, or I don't want to say centrally located because they're all, you know, they're spread out on different ports. Stuff well, like what that, you could but, do, you could do um, is uh, like cell phone companies. There's a bunch of cell phone companies, but the cell towers can be used by multiple companies. So what you could do is you could make the power lines themselves, the infrastructure uh, available to all the companies, but the individual power generating companies, you know, would have their own, uh, their own power stations. I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's worth exploring. Well, I mean, it, I think it's worth exploring, but and it's been talked about for many years in this area, um, mm-hmm. doing exactly that. Uh, but once mm-hmm. again, you're talking about, you know, it, so so everyone shares the same pole. You know, cell phone companies is different. You have one tower with a satellite on it, right. um, or antenna on it. You don't have you don't have every cell phone wired uh, wires coming out and going across a whole town or a whole city or a whole state. Um, yeah, but AT&T, yeah, when it, they had the fiber optics, they had to share their, their, their lines. AT&T correct. had a monopoly and said, you can't do that. So the, the government said, wait a minute, uh, sorry, you know, we're breaking you up, and you have to share your lines. So it does happen. We've got Wendy on the line now, so uh, let's, let's uh, yeah, so, uh, I'll let you uh, let me go finish up. My, you know, yeah, let me go ahead and earn my dollar for today. And then uh, uh-huh. we'll, maybe uh, I keep meaning to talk about it, and I keep forgetting to talk about it, is uh, – the, the former chef of President Obama mysteriously died a couple weeks ago uh, while well, surfing in front of his house. You're not allowed to talk about that. In fact, I want to do a news show of things that are not on the news anymore. There's a bunch of stuff not on the news. You know, that's, yeah. that's the first one. And, yeah. So, so yeah. if you want to feature and, things and not in the news. talk about it. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a good report for you, Bill. Bill, you should do a feature. And now Bill Fecky with not in the news. There you go. That's made, yeah. you know, most of the stuff we talk about is not in the news anyway, or it's underlying stories from top news. That's stories. why we talk so, about it. Exactly. Will I give a shameless plug for your company? No, we're good for today. Oh, actually, I will. Um, my wife's company, BLF Insurance Agency, based out of Pensacola, we're licensed in 28 states. Uh, open enrollment is coming up for Medicare Advantage. Um, so, you know, she does specialize in that along with the um, – individual and group health plan. So if anyone is interested, uh, you can mm-hmm. call her at 850-490-0056. You know, we're heard in Belarus, so you might get a call internationally too. So just, you know, just to let you know. Uh, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Can't help them, but I'm all for talking to them. <laughs> okay. Take care. All right, bye. Here we go. 
Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. I love Wednesdays. Today we're busy all day. We've got guests all the way through the last hour with Karen uh, Strawn uh, on uh, men's rights because men can't talk about men's rights, only women can, which is fascinating in itself. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning. <laughs> I, and that's a true statement, by the way. You know, men have been so emasculated in this country at the moment that is just, yeah, you know, women are have the only um, true wisdom and voice for everyone on the entire planet. So it's just Not really cute. I'm, I'm glad she's gonna, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. glad she's gonna actually speak up for men. <laughs> well, she has been for a while. In fact, one of the things I'm I'm uh, fascinated to find out is where she's been the last ten years because I used to watch her videos. You know, and then I think uh, Jordan Peterson, another fellow Canadian, uh, kind of took over the, the social scene. Um, but, and I want to get him on, too. I wonder if they know each other. That would be something interesting to find out. But uh, Karen's fabulous. And so she's very direct, uh, very anti-feminist, and very much into uh, – there's, there's probably some biblical thing for this, too, that uh, men have the obligations and women can kind of do what they want. <laughs> you know, and feminism is like uh, – <laughs> You know, it's like being men without the obligations and the responsibilities of being men, you know, getting married, supporting families, things like that. So it's uh, it's just really interesting. Anyway, back to you. What's on your mind? Okay. Yeah. Oh, you mean what's on God's heart? What's on God's heart? um, You know, as soon as you said said that, I thought about it. I said, you know what I should do? What's on God? what, what, uh, What message have you been given for this week? And I have been given one and I don't want to give it, but I have to be obedient. Uh, this is not the the little happy segment I wanted to do today. <laughs> oh no! But, um, things are really, um, you know, God's been warning and warning and warning for about two years now. Be prepared, mm-hmm. be prepared, um, right. and He's been very uh, adamant uh, this week. Wow! Very adamant, and um, so. Um, when I, I have the fear of the Lord, uh, I know when, when he is really serious about something and when, cause he's been warning and warning, giving people chance after chance. And we just kind of blow it off because we don't see it right away because we are the microwave generations. <laughs> um, if, yeah. if, if, if we don't see it right away, then, you know, if it's not done in three minutes then it must not be true. And so, you know, exactly. go on your merry little way. The attention um, of a gnat, so, as they say, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, well, I would suggest all of us Nats get our attention together um, mm-hmm. and pay attention today because um, there is no um, long-suffering in his voice this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, that time has closed. That window has closed. Um, it is now time for action, and he's going to be taking action. And so um, it's now for all of the people who've been blowing things off, this this is the last warning because he specifically told me this morning, warn the people. Okay. So, um, I don't like being the, the heavy, but if it has to fall on me, I will do it. So, 
I'm asking. Well, you're on the right show for it. You know, I mean, all of us have things that we never expected we'd be doing. If you had told me 10 years ago, you know, I guess I said this like eight years ago. If you told me 10 years ago, oh, by the way, Greg, you're going to start a a peaceful revolution and change politics forever worldwide. Uh, Are you ready for that? I'd be like, what? You want me to do what? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And here we are. You know, I'm talking to, uh, you know, the author of. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Is, is yes and okay. Um, yeah, that's what I did. Because uh, we're here. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I said. There and here you are. And yep. God is God, and we're not. So if we, if we'll just start off everything with that premise, um, mm-hmm. you'll be good. So yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, let me tell the people that I am going to be um, speaking on God's behalf this morning, and my stomach is quivering when I say that because to say that is a very heavy thing and it it has very dire consequences if you are not speaking what god said to speak um if you're just throwing in stuff that you made up or that you're thinking or you think should be going on if there's any part of you in that Mm -hmm. it's not going to go well so no when i tell you that this is what the lord has told me to bring to the people today that it, it that's what it is so listen because god is speaking So um, he said to warn the people, first, number one priority, get right with God. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is through Jesus. That's not up for debate or discussion. You've had plenty of time to understand that. Um, He's been saying it for centuries. Um, And I'll just throw you his word written out, 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's the only thing he will accept is coming to him through Jesus. So, number one, you get right with God. Number two, tell your families to get right. If you don't tell your families, you don't really love them. Because you don't want them going through what's fixing to come without him we all have to go through it but some of us are going to have dire consequences and some of us will be protected those who belong to god will be protected three get your money out of the bank he's been saying this for a while but it's been like be prepared prepare yourself get ready but he's actually specifically said get your money out of the bank because things are fixing to happen. I don't know all that's fixing to happen. I know uh, fiat money is fixing to go away, um, that the CBDC has already set up a digital currency <clears throat> by the central bank. What does that tell you? All these other things being talked about, uh, but I'm, that he didn't give me other, any specifics other than get your money out of the bank. Um, get gold and silver how how many times i've been saying this i've said this for the last year and a half get gold and silver this is your last chance um before all this hits so you better and, and silver is more useful by the way so if you're going to yeah gold one, is to get changed for a, a gold coin because there it's like 1900 dollars right now so yeah yeah so get silver you can also get there's there's a little tiny pieces of silver uh, I think mm-hmm. they're one gram pieces 
uh, that literally you, you can just, you know, break break off of this little thing that they come in, and um, that will be a lot easier to trade with and to buy with than than anything. So, you know, get grams if you can, get some ounces if you can, but just get silver is much more tradable. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the one I don't want to talk about, <clears throat> uh, but it's necessary. He said, be prepared for another bioweapon attack that will make COVID look like a cakewalk. Yeah, COVID Before, was a couple of days. It. It, it wasn't that big a deal for me. I mean, I had it early January, and a lot of people did, and we were all immune all of a sudden. Yeah, well, this is not just making you sick. This is to take you out. Okay. So That's, that's um, different. That's warning. a whole different world. This yeah. is different. It's a whole different world. And he's... And, you know, he didn't tell tell me or um, those of us who, who were, you know, truly listening to the Lord, you know, during COVID to stay inside or to wear masks. Or He didn't tell us any of that. It was like, you know, look, you know, you either belong to me and trust me or you don't. Um, and, and we never wore masks. We didn't, you know, worry about if we were going out anywhere and all that kind of stuff. So, no, man, and, you know, and my I resistance. Never <laughs> I recirculated yeah. my video. Remember the video I made March 21st? Right in the middle yes. of 15 days of yes. slow spread, I'm saying this is all nonsense. You know, Dr. Fauci, I didn't quite call him Dr. Fascist yet, but that was coming. You know, it's a total pig. Right. This is a flu bug. We've got chloroquine. Right. What's wrong with you people? You know, you can't take our rights away. This is all nonsense. And stop being sheep and stop believing this nonsense. That should have gone viral. Right. Funny thing, it didn't. Well, it should have gone all, the, all that stuff that I talked about is now coming back. So the question is, right. you know, is, is this going to be a pandemic that we can build an immune system for, or do we have to do a bunch of other stuff? What, what, what do we need to get through this one? Uh, no, no. This okay. one, you better be staying inside. Um, <clears throat> this one, the Lord said that masks don't work, never have, never will, but you need to stay inside. Okay. <laughs> and, and this is why. It's like Passover. But remember that, It sounds like Passover. It is. It's exactly it's exactly okay. like Passover. This, okay. you know, the Lord says in scriptures, you know, what what has been will be again. Right. Um, so there's nothing new under the sun, as he says in Ecclesiastes. So mm-hmm. um, what he's saying is, you know, back in December, I I warned people that the death angels would be released. Hmm. I didn't have a time a timeline, but I said the Lord said the death angels will be released. Well, hmm. now he said. The death angels have been released. Oh, great! So, we, hmm. um, this what's coming, people. I'm I'm telling you, you are going to be seeing massive deaths worldwide due to this new bioweapon. Massive deaths. And well, if we, so why don't we have the knowledge of the who and the where and the, and the why? Why would why would God want this to? to take place and not give us the means to stop it. That doesn't make sense. Unless that's part of the plan that I don't understand. Because I don't understand. Yeah, well, it is part of the plan that none of us really get it. All I know is that God is saying, they challenged me, they threw down the gauntlet, I'm answering. Okay. So this just goes much higher because he has been more than patient, more than patient, giving everyone ample time to repent and, and to return to him or turn to him, period. Um, and most have not. Most have refused and hardened their hearts even further, like Pharaoh did, um, and has, has even amped up the attack. Well, 
here's the thing. They're attacking God's people, which is to him is the same as attacking him. Hmm. <clears throat> and he, you're not going to mess with his kids like that. And he said, enough is enough. I've, I've drawn the line in the sand. You crossed it. So here it is. You called me out. I'm answering. And you're not going to win. So a, a, a total dismantling of what we know is fixing to come. It's going to be in one fell swoop. Okay, so just understand that it is going to be layer upon layer upon layer, and, and, and it will affect every area of our lives. But here's what he is saying, that use the time inside to get to know me and pray Psalm 91 over your household and your loved ones daily. Um, if, <clears throat> if you all don't know uh, what Psalm 91 is, let me tell you, it is you need to memorize it. It is, it is just something you're going to have to hold on to because if you don't believe and understand this, then you are not going to do well. So um, I, I will read a portion of it for you so that you mm-hmm. understand the gist of it, that you need to understand that this is what God is saying. You pray this over your family and yourself every day. You live and believe this and stand on this when no matter what you see around you is, is going to hell in a handbasket, but you need to hold on to this. So I will start it out. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to, of, of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. And it goes on and on. But you need to understand and get this down into your spirit court. <laughs> okay. Woof. Okay. I just, the Holy Spirit is just all over this, and he wants you to understand and you, you've got to read Psalm 91. Get it before your face. Keep it open in your Bible. Pray it every day. Understand what it is saying. You need to ask the Lord, give me insight. Give me understanding. Give me your wisdom regarding Psalm 91. Let me see what I can trust. Okay, um, let's get back to what he said. Um, but you, you prayed this over you and your household daily. Now, he gave me a word, a specific word, um, to release here on Action Radio for today. And, you know, he's done that in the past, but it's been a while. But this morning, he has one because he said to warn the people. So I'm going to read word for word what I wrote down what he spoke to me. And y'all take this before the Lord because everyone is going to be responsible for themselves and their families. If you, if you are the head of your house, you're responsible not just for you, but for your family. So take this 
from the Lord and seek him what you are to do for you and your family during this time. So, word from the Lord, 8.23.23. Tell the people, I am the one true God. I am their hope and glory. Any other gods, little G, they have or put their hope in will fail them. It is my desire to protect those who belong to me. Recompense to the wicked must come, but my children who are trusting in me and following my word shall be protected. As I've said through my faithful prophets, those who call themselves Christians but live like the world, talk like the world, and think like the world will take part in the recompense of the world. Be not afraid. If you belong to me, you shall be delivered. You will be my light in a very dark place and time. Be ready to share the hope you have with those whose eyes will be open during this hour. Do not hold snakes in your pocket. Use discernment to know who is for you and who is against you. Deception will be at a peak during this time. You will need all the gifts of the Spirit to walk through it. Again, I say, do not be afraid. Be prepared. You know, that's what we do all the time. That's, that is so much of, uh, I'm not trying to, you know, claim credit for action radio, but just the, the beliefs that we have here, the, the strength that we go through. And I'm listening and I'm thinking as you're talking that a belief in God coincides directly with an absence of fear. And that yes. uh, as my belief has grown stronger, my fear has completely disappeared for anything, really. Um, you yes. know, I mean, I just got, I got uh, restricted on Facebook again. Have you seen any change in what I post? No, <laughs> I'm just as loud and direct as I've always been, if not more so. So I'm wondering, um, and this is something I'll, I'll you know, we, we can probably both talk to God about this, but is when we talk about a, a pestilence, the pestilence to me, see, you know, we don't have COVID coming back. We have government mandates coming back. So the disease is government. The pandemic is government. The, the, the bioweapon isn't a bioweapon. It's a, it's a person weapon of people in government. These people who are obsessed with power, their God is power. Their God is control. They live their whole life to control other people. And it's a power they can never have. And that's, that's the insanity of it all. This is why these people are insane. Everybody, what's that uh, song? Everybody wants to rule the world. Doesn't happen. You know, Genghis Khan couldn't do it. Uh, Alexander the Great couldn't do it. You know, the Romans couldn't do it. You know, the, the Greeks, the Egyptians, it doesn't work. Stop trying to rule the world. <laughs> you know, because it just doesn't happen. And those of us that are resisting, it's like we always have to go through the same dance. You know, I, I have better things to do. I'd rather be flying airplanes than, than fighting the deep state, quite frankly. Um, I'm going to do both, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but this is, but I'm wondering if it's, if it's possible that this could be a metaphor, that the real disease is government, that the real pandemic is government. COVID is just a, a message. COVID is a, a part of the, 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 the trickery, part of the deception, part of the pestilence, but the real bioweapon is the government itself, is the people that are in it. Is that possible? Well, to some extent, I mean, they are behind it, but God is talking about an actual bioweapon. This okay. is a real thing. All right. Um, and that's why he's saying stay inside. If it, if it wasn't a real thing, he would not say stay inside. You don't have right. to stay inside to fight the government. Um, but no, you have to do just the opposite. The you have to get outside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but, so he's saying that just 
listen to what he's saying to you. And, you know, it's funny because he has told, um, when some people have asked um, a prophet friend of mine you know, about their 401ks and stuff, some people he said, leave it where it is. Some people he said, take it out. So it, it just depends on your personal situation. God is a personal God, and he's not going to say, okay, this is the blanket thing you know, for everybody. Everybody do this because you're my little robots. That's not how he works. Um, okay. You better be asking God what it is that your family needs to do because not everybody lives in the same place. Not everybody is living under the same conditions. You know, ask God what your situation um, in, entails and what it needs what you need to be doing in, in your situation because he's personal life. Oh, I got a real and personal can come uh, Mine is direct. Okay. You know, resi- resist. Start the resistance. I've already pulled the bills up for my original resistance. I'm sharing my original video again. <laughs> We're doing it all over. I mean, I was saying, I, I got a list for people on Facebook. You know, what do you want to do? And what's, how are you going to resist? And it's fascinating that most people say, yes, we need to do something. Yes. We, you know, it's like, oh, what are you going to do? Give me something specific. You know, I'm thinking mask burnings, and then someone said, well, I, I, I don't have a mask. Well, don't be stupid about it. They're going to be available everywhere. Just grab a bunch and just burn them right in front of people. <laughs> you know, laugh. You know, I mean, we're going to, I guess, and I said, look, and here's the easy way to do it. You don't even have to get a gathering. You know, just do it on video. You know, if we, yeah, we're, we're going to put my video yeah. page, I'll, I'll open up the special section. I'll open up the entire group for, you know, videos of mask burnings. You know, let's have some fun with this. Yeah, because the ridicule, the three ways to defeat a government are truth, ridicule, and parallel structures. Well, we've got all those. We've got truth. We certainly have ridicule. I've got a comedy page for that. But uh, ridicule is like a specialty around (laughs) here. And Action Radio is a parallel legislature. It is a legislature of we the people presenting bills that we consent to be governed by as opposed to those that are being brought down by special interests and paid for. So it's a completely different structure. So my, I'm, I guess it's maybe wishful thinking on my part that it's not a bioweapon because I'm thinking to myself, I can't fight a bioweapon. You know, because, uh, you know, if I'm right. dead, I can't do that. But I can fight a government, okay? I can fight a government in all kinds of ways, especially if more people join what we're doing. We can, we, you know, so to me, I'm, I'm kind of like hopeful, hoping that the actual bioweapon isn't an actual bioweapon or that there's a, an antidote to it, that there's, a, there's a, an anti-government um, group that is, that is formed, you know, specifically with an antidote to the bioweapon. So is there any possibility of that? Is there anybody working on, you know, either stopping the bioweapon or uh, an antidote to it? Is that in the work um, I, he, he didn't tell me about that. You know, okay. I can only tell you what he talked to me about. Okay. Um, I, I do well, you know, know me. I have to ask. <laughs> Whatever yeah. pops in my head. Yes, of course. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with asking because he says, come let us reason together. So you might want to yeah, go ask we, God about that. We, we, um, oh, listen, now, I, I take up a lot of God's reasoning time, I'm sure. <laughs> Just to say, let's talk. You know, so, yeah, we do, we do a lot of reasoning. Yes. A lot of reasoning. Yeah. It, 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 isn't it good that he's infinite? <laughs> He's oh, yeah. Because, and he doesn't operate on time. Only we operate on time. So. Exactly. You, you know, you God's got, God's got the time. God controls the time. It's okay. He, God can make time, so not a problem. Yes. You know, yeah. That's right. So but <sighs> okay. it, it, here's the thing, though. with um, What God is fixing to do is, mm-hmm. is not political. It will affect the political. It will affect every area of life. Mm-hmm. But because he's saying, I'm God and I'm it. So I've given you responsibility no to here. run this world. Yeah, yeah. There's no election. <laughs> there's no campaign. You know, there's no campaign no, ads. No, no. Satan you know, tried that just... one time, and look where it got him. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he thought he was going to you know, take take the place of God and and rule the world. Yeah, no. Who, who is this? So, who, who are we um, talking about? 
Satan, Lucifer. Oh, right. Okay. I was, there's so many people that yeah. tried to rule the world. Yeah. I'm going to make Bonnie's line live because she's here right now. I want to give her a few minutes with you if she wants to uh, join it. She's been listening for a bit. Okay. Um, and then, but uh, so just to let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's bring her on now. Bonnie, do you have any observations uh, from what you've heard so far? I'm in complete agreement with Wendy that I do believe that it's not political at all. God does not care about politics when it comes to being ready for some kind of bioweapon. Again, I agree with that. It's pretty clear in Revelation that whatever happens is going to be intensely destructive. It's not going to be just a matter of people fighting against people. It's going to be a spiritual warfare of proportions we've never seen. We're already in a spiritual war. You know, it's between those without a spirit. Of course they are. You know, and... uh, Yeah, Go ahead. Are you driving? Say, it's it's not like you're driving. Yeah, I, yeah. I, am, I am driving. I'm trying to get uh, to where I need to be when it's time to come on, so sorry for any road noise. But, oh, that's uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you want to put I, you I, back I, and hold for a few minutes? Yeah. I can do that. Sure, sure. Okay. All right. We'll get to you. I'll get back to Wendy. <laughs> but this is this – is, uh, it's a lot, and I, I joke about it not, not to try and minimize what you're saying, but just that's usually how I handle things that uh, – are, are like big and heavy. Like I, like I say, I don't know how to fight a bioweapon other than trust God. And, and I don't, I'm not going to stay in, I stay inside a lot actually. Um, but uh, that's, that's going to mean, well, you know, provisions. Uh, yeah, that's going to mean, both. you know, gold and silver, <laughs> like you said. Yeah. But and, any, and any, any bioweapon, but any bioweapon can go through windows and walls and things like that. I mean, these, these things just do, you know, unless you have a hermetically uh, sealed no. house. Or you just kind of but, not contacting other people. But God says, that it shall not come near you. Okay. So Stay okay. inside okay. and your Got house it. will be protected. Okay. So don't look at, at the bioweapon as, as the be-all and end-all. God is the be-all and end-all. If he right. says, if you put your trust in him, you, you shall be protected, you better bet your bank on it. You better bet your children's life on it. Okay. And, and speaking of children... If y'all don't have board games in the house, you y'all better get some. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, the kids will be bored. So get bored yeah. so you don't get bored. That's right. Just, just a little helpful tip for you right there. Well, that's, that's actually, you know, it's interesting. You should, yeah, exactly. It's interesting you say that because do kids play board games anymore? I mean, you actually have to think well, on a board game. Well, me and my grandkids do, you know, whenever they come okay. over here, they know they're going to play you know, board games with Nana and we just have the best time. And you what, know, what, the phones all of a sudden don't matter. The iPads don't matter. You know, just okay. the interaction uh, that the kids are wanting. And, you know, it's a wonderful time to use this time to restore family right. relationships and, and fun in the house, no matter what's going on in the world outside your walls. So, you know, there's, there's ways to, that you can make this palatable for people. Yeah, and it's interesting um, – Another thing parents should get is a globe. <laughs> Tell people where they are in the world. You know, kids, kids have a fascination for, for geography. and That's being denied. It's almost like the, the world is only what you can see. It's only where you've driven in your car, and it's just not true. And you talk to any kid, mm-hmm. you know, four years old and up, and they're curious about what the world is. You know, so drag out a map. Get a globe. Get a globe. You know, I got a and, globe and, here. You know, I still use one. Yeah, I mean, daily. Truly, and, <laughs> I know where Ukraine if is. If you can get one that lights up, that's even better. Kids love things that yeah. light up. You know, yeah. <laughs> teach them about the geography yeah. of the world. Yeah, pick a country. You know, every week, study it. You know, how many people know the and capital of Mongolia? Is... Do you know the capital of Mongolia? Uh, no, I do not. 
Ulaanbaatar. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> Probably because I looked at a map. I can't even pronounce that, but okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, that's, oh, see, it's a good thing to learn. It, everybody should know something about the world that they live in that God created and, and yeah. about their neighbors and, and how their culture is different and, and, you know, or, or the same or, or, or the history of things. So it's just a, a really good learning point. Um, and because there's going to be a blackout of all communication at some point. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord's spoken about that before. And and when you can't pick up the phone and talk to somebody or text somebody or whatever or Google something, um, use that time. You know, you, you, like find an old set of encyclopedias that actually have the real history in them, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a dictionary. Know? See, the encyclopedia, well, that knowledge is older. But I think a, a, an 18, I want to find an 1800s dictionary because I want to know what words, you know, mean, you know, 20 years from now when they've all changed. Right. Or, or they're not yeah, in the use urban anymore. dictionary that everybody uses now. <laughs> oh, please. That's oh, it's hysterical <laughs> things that I don't know. I mean, it's almost like I'm speaking a foreign language, you know. And uh, I've had the opportunity to work with kids on, on some jobs, and it's fascinating to talk to them. It's almost like a different English is morphing into something completely different, you know, like the word yeah. marriage. <laughs> There's a word that's changed. I hope yeah. that we need to change back. That's another yeah. show. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, well, because, well, if we trying to talk about the urban dictionary we'd have to be doing a whole bunch of letters and and uh all these little acronyms and stuff that they use and i i have to mm-hmm. ask my kids all the time what does that even mean you know they, they, exactly. they give me this little list of letters in the text i'm going I, I don't know what you're saying what are you talking i do that about? all the time too don't be embarrassed folks when someone gives you you know xlj and, and you don't know what xlj means i just made that up by the way so, so I, I should start doing it. i'll just pick arbitrary letters hey man xlj what? What's that? You know, what do you mean? You don't know? <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to Google it. <laughs> yeah. There is, well, it'd be funny if there actually was such a thing with that. All right. Let me get on to Bonnie uh, and uh, okay. wherever she is, driving or not. But uh, um, let's, let's get your contact, the usual stuff, and uh, my favorite okay. thing. You can contact <laughs> me on Facebook on at Wendy Arthur or Arch by Wendy Arthur or Dimensions Ministries. And now more than ever. Bow now and avoid the rush. Absolutely. All right. Um, I got to get Bonnie's uh, theme here. It's still 30 seconds too long, but I'm going to play it anyway because it's fun. But um, let's see okay. what we got. Where is that here? No, that's it. Oh, I guess. Uh, here we go. All right. Thank you, Wendy. Interesting, strong message for today. I'm going to think about this one a whole lot. But at least uh, always have the courage to be blunt and say what you need to say on the show because that's how we do things. All right. Let's get to Bonnie. And I'll be right back. There she sits, behind the microphone, a mild-mannered radio talk show host, news and weather person. But that's only part of the story. She's really a secret agent. Meet Bonnie Nesbitt, or as we address her, Bond. Jane Bond. Jane Bond travels the world incognito, trying to ferret out the world's most interesting stories and talking to the world's most dangerous people. So join us now as we go into the secret world of our secret agent, Bonnie Nesbitt, with her secret report, available exclusively on Action Radio. And now, Bonnie Nesbitt, also known as... Jane Bond with 
The Bond Report on Action Radio. Yep, about 20 seconds. I was listening to it. I just need to take off the last 20 seconds and we're good. <laughs> That's okay. Um, unfortunately, with my program, I, I, don't know, I don't know where the saved things go, so I just make new ones. But that's easy. I've got. I always keep yeah. the script, so I can just uh, go from there. So, what do you think so far? Uh, Wendy uh, has um, some news. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and it's interesting because I was actually kind of along the same lines. One of the first topic points I wanted to bring up is: Did you hear this story about the person who asked Alexa when World War III would happen? Mm, I have not heard that story. Do tell. Yes, she answered. Alexa answered. It will be November twenty third, twenty twenty three. Is that not interesting? Considering this is August 23rd, 2023, it's very yes. interesting. Yes. That's yes. three months. And I believe that the person, the per- uh-huh. yeah, we got 90 days to live, right? <laughs> well, live well. well that's sentence. not enough time. I don't have my jet yet, you know? I mean, uh, yeah. I, all I want is a few years of jet travel, okay? I want to, I've always wanted to be a fighter pilot, airline pilot. It never worked out. Eyesight, you, bad timing, everything, money, you know, you name it. Everything went wrong as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I did manage to be a flight instructor, and that's, so I know I can do it. It's just a question of uh, <laughs> Marcos. Marcos, this is all be over by then. Bring it on. <laughs> Marcos in the Netherlands always listening. It's really of great. Um, we've got, we had another person on for a bit, but they left. But yeah, uh, I, I, three months. You know what? But I got stuff to do. You know, we're not going to be ready with Action Radio, but I have some news for you for tomorrow. Um, I've got Chadwick Moore on, the, the author of the book Tucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe, if I make a good impression, he'll take word back to Tucker um, about our little show here and our legislation. And the fact that we are unique on the planet, we're the only ones that do what we do. And I'm hoping, just maybe, if I can actually work my way onto that show, to have Tucker write a bill on the air. That's what I'm hoping to do. Wouldn't that, oh, that be would be fantastic? Yeah. So that's where I'm. That, that's that's where my thinking is right now. But um, back to this uh, this, this pandemic. Uh, I still, I you know, I got to reason with God on this one, because it seems to me that the real pandemic is government. Government is a disease. Government is the, the bioweapon. Government is, is, you know, they're bringing back, you know, all the COVID mandates. And I said, well, it must be time to steal the election again. You know, this, it was my first thought. Because it's yes, all the same stuff. Absolutely. And yet, and we, and we know it's COVID. so it's just another where, form of pandemic 2.0. Yeah, but where are the cases of COVID? They're not, they're not showing the lines in the hospitals because there aren't any. They're not showing the, uh, you know, piles of bodies like, uh, like World War II or the plague because there aren't any. Um, they're not showing anything. They're just, they're just saying we have to bring back the mandates. But there's no, they're, they're not even bothering with evidence this time as to why we need them. The first time, at least they tried to convince us. They lied to us, right? Not even bothering to lie now. They just said we're bringing back the mandates. Why? For what? Uh, all, kind of, how come there aren't questions? I kind of feel like, well, I, I think it's coming. I really think that there's probably something in the works that's going to be released. It could even be more deadly. It could be much more deadly, in fact. It could impact the children more mm-hmm. intensely, this whatever it's going to be, a second strain. So they're preparing for it. I heard something um, in Shatter yesterday that basically there was a mother of a person that writes into things who actually works for a testing company, and they have amped up production of tests like hardcore to be ready to start testing. PCR for the tests, next the, one, the ones that don't out. work? Yeah, PCR tests? Yeah, exactly. The ones that mm-hmm. don't work. Okay, good. Here. Now, here's the thing. We already know all this stuff. We've got the evidence out there that everything they did was wrong. Uh, I don't know if they, if they just believe their own propaganda. Let's get back to World War III. I didn't mean to skip that over so, so quickly. Um, yeah. So, so what was, mm-hmm. was, was the next question, why November 23rd, 2023? 
I don't know if the question why was actually asked. I just know that that was the date given. And when I heard that, my jaw just kind of dropped. I, I'm, I myself have had Alexa battles. You know, I can do the whole, can turn your light on. And I can only imagine <laughs> when they ask that question of when it's going to happen, Alexa's coming back with November 23rd, 2023. And no more is given. Why not just say, well, I cannot answer that question. Why give a date? Something have, is wait a minute. really you... wrong with Alexa giving that date. Do you have Alexa yourself, and can you ask? I do not have Alexa. My brother has Alexa, and that's how the whole Alexa voice call started because I kept send, hearing send it in the background when he was listening for songs. So Send him a text right now. we we got a few minutes. Send him a text. See if you can ask Alexa when World War well, III starts. His what? Alexa got left in Florida. He doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> he left. He dumped Alexa? Oh, no. He how dumped Alexa. He dumped he, Alexa. He totally did. Wow. Well, we need people to ask because I want to see if there's some consistency to this or did it just pull a date out of thin air? So that's, so you know me, my experimental brain. Let's, let's do this a bunch of times. If I, I would ask Alexa every day. Right. And if it keeps coming up the same date, then, of course, the next question is why? Mm-hmm. What's, what's, you know, what's going to happen? Uh, I find it – was it there's something else that was uh, happening in November 11th? Let me get my, my Facebook thing up here. Because mm. there was – oh, oh I, I, know, I know what it was. My um, November is Armistice Day, which they're calling Veterans Day, but it's really Armistice Day, the end of World War One. That that's when my mm-hmm. Facebook restriction ends. Do you find that an interesting coincidence? My ninety days being that lower in the feed. That is. If I can get it, yeah, I didn't think I could get any lower, quite frankly. <laughs> you publish my show, <laughs> no one will see it. They don't even have the picture, so they blacked out the picture of the thinker. No, they whited it out, right? On my exactly. posts, exactly. And uh, you know, like five people see it. <laughs> Although Apple Podcasts right. has gone crazy. We got a ton more listeners on Apple Podcasts, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. That is interesting. You would think that Apple would be in cahoots with everyone else. Why would they all of a sudden be promoting it? But maybe more people are finding Apple to be freer. I don't know. Are there less restrictions on Apple than anything else? I wouldn't think so. Well, maybe Apple hasn't listened to my show yet. <laughs> it's <Maybe>. always possible. <laughs> maybe. You know, we know the FBI does, the FBI KGB. So, so let me do my daily FBI KGB you know, invitation to call the show like everybody else does, 215-383-3832. And if you intend on breaking my door down, at least warn me ahead of time so I can make coffee and we can talk like reasonable people. There we go. That's my FBI you know, warning for today. There you go. Yeah. It's actually a warning for all listeners. I'm sure we're monitored. I yeah. can't imagine they wouldn't be. And we got these people that uh, think they can write their own laws here. They want to do what? Yeah, they want to. Uh, come on, Fred. Let's uh, let's let's monitor and see what's going on there. Okay, fine. <clears throat> it's my FBI. Don't mind me. Kind of my homeless. Pretty good FBI. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So World War Three. So why would we be at war, and where would we be? <laughs> see, the whole idea of war is to make money for bankers and uh, uh, military people and politicians. That's what war is for, right? So we went to Iraq right. to right. you know make money for the military-industrial-government complex. We went to Afghanistan to make money for the, you know, we weren't there to actually win anything. In fact, we were there actually to lose. In fact, most of the places we go, we lose right. because it's actually, you know, more profitable to lose and keep a war going for 20 years. And if we win a war, then, uh, you know, there's no more money being spent on it, right? So you can't win. I never thought of that till just mm-hmm. now. All the wars we fight uh, are designed to lose. Ever since uh, World War II, we won World War II, which is the last declared war, the last legal war that we fought was World War II. And everything since then has been – what do you think of that? I mean, I literally just thought of that, that every war we fought since World War II has been designed to lose. Korea is still technically at war. We've got a whole bunch of troops there, and we're spending money. Vietnam, you know, was split by the U.N. the year after the Korean War stalemate. So uh, 1945, Korea split. War starts 1950, goes to 1953. 1954, Vietnam is split. 
that war goes on until the 60s. You know, then we ended up uh, in Iraq, you know, when uh, George Bush, the elder, decided that conservatism and patriotism really don't work. We want to go back to authoritarianism. So he goes to war in Iraq. Then his son, who wants to prove he's tougher than daddy, goes back to Iraq. Then somehow we ended up in Afghanistan. Um, For whatever reason, they thought they could, uh, you know, defeat uh, goat herders and their five-year-old wives. I'm not sure about what the life of that was, and that didn't work, so we <laughs> surrendered. Gave them $85 billion worth of our best armament. Uh, actually, Obama did that, I think, to uh, benefit his Muslim brothers. Uh, and then he went to Ukraine and started giving them money. You know, so it, right. it, and that's, right. that war is designed to lose, too. We already know that the, the, the Ukraine war is going to lose. We reported it was going to lose six months before it started, that there's no possible way they could okay, win, so here's, Dr. Peter Pry. Here's a question for you, though. Do you not think mm-hmm. that the Ukraine war is going exactly as the quote-unquote they – want it to go of course it is. because i it's kind of on. feel like yeah it, it, yeah yeah and they spent and they're it, making it's money basically they are that's exactly right why would they still be mm-hmm. funding a war if it wasn't mm-hmm. already going the way that they wanted it to go in the long in the long no, grand scheme run of things i mean i agree with you absolutely yeah, I, you I, know, the whole purpose of war i fully believe keep it going yep. and, and lose yes. yeah Yes, and they want. I think that they want this Ukrainian war to ultimately end us up in a world war. I do think that that's part of the ultimate goal. Yeah, but a world war would be destructive. They couldn't make profits because there's nothing left if this is a world war. If it goes nuclear, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where are the bankers going to go on vacation well, if everything's been destroyed? So you've got to look at it from their self-interest. So they want money, but they don't want consequences. They want to fight a war, but they don't want to get hurt. They want other people to get hurt. Right. You know, who got hurt in Afghanistan? The Afghanis and American mm-hmm. soldiers, Right. Right. Did, the, did, the, right. did the bankers and the, the military industrial complex, did the employees of Boeing and Raytheon and, uh, you know, General Dynamics and Northrop, did they get hurt? No. Did the politicians who sent the troops there, did they get hurt? No. Did Brandon get hurt? No. Mm-hmm. Who got hurt? No. Mm-hmm. The soldiers. But they're inconsequential. They're part yeah. of the, uh, the formula. You know, Syria. Um, That's right. Ukraine, any of these places that we go, who gets hurt? Do, do, do the, the people that cause the war get hurt? No. And this, look at World War I. World War no. I was like the ultimate insanity. If you want to know why war doesn't work, look at World War I. You had aristocratic generals yeah. sending in peasants to run into machine gun fire and barbed wire with bayonets. They mm-hmm. did bayonet charges into machine guns and barbed wire, and millions of them died. And yet they kept being sent day after yeah. day after day, year after year for four years. That's insanity. Right. How can you do that if you, have any, if you have any soul, if you have any heart, if you have any care about humanity whatsoever beyond your own selfish little person? You would never send troops blindly. You might do it once and go, you know, this isn't working. Right. A whole bunch of people died and we didn't right. accomplish anything. Okay, great. Well, let's not do that anymore. Okay, fine. So then you flank and you go around and right. you develop the airplane and you do other things. You blockade, you, you cut supply lines, and you do anything else but, which is wave after wave of young men with bayonets, you know, charging machine guns and barbed wire and dying. That's insane. Well, and the thing about killing soldiers is ultimately what are you doing? You're killing the most patriotic men of whatever country is fighting. So yep. you're taking away the spirit of that country and saying mm-hmm. we will annihilate you by a simplistic civil war and take away anybody who's willing to stand and fight until all that's left is people who are too cowardly to fight. There's an end yep. game there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cowards always rebuild countries. The brave are dead. <laughs> the brave yeah. fight and the brave are dead. Yeah. If you have a few brave people, well, actually, no, there are a few brave people that do return. Uh, Charles de Gaulle in France, um, you know, was, I think he was a, some kind of fighter. He's probably a resistance fighter. So he survived the war and went on to lead France very well until they became socialist uh, and then globalist. Uh, Churchill was already old at the beginning of World War II, but he got uh, Britain through World War II. And once they got peace, they, they voted him because they wanted to go socialist. It's really fascinating. So they needed him in war, but after the war was over, they didn't want him anymore. 
right. know, the cowards took over. Right, his, his, right exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly now, how I feel like the Ukraine war is, is going and will ultimately lead to in mm-hmm. America's involvement as well. But what if the American people say no? You know, Trump's going to say no. So the question is, so, so oh, let's, let's go to Trump for a bit. Because Trump's really fascinating. Trump is the anti-deep state candidate as his candidate, and I hope to God they get together because they need to start working together. Because the mm-hmm. Democrat and Republican deep state complex is really against the American people and Kennedy and Trump. Kennedy and Trump have far more in common with each other than either of them do with their parties. Right. Yeah. So I'm pushing. Well, yeah, and I read your I read your mandate for not Ooh. voting for GOP too and. Oh, great, great. great. <laughs> you want to go over that? Oh, I think, it's, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, we can okay. go over that, sure. All right, let's have some. I'll read them and you tell me what you think. So I wrote an article. It started as a Facebook post, and then I thought, you know what? I should make this an article. This is kind of good. <laughs> this is how the best articles happen. It took me about 10 minutes to write it, right? I just, boom, just like verbal, bleh, just came out. <laughs> so it's on my Substack page, gregpenglis.substack.com, and it's, I pledge that the GOP shall not get my vote until... I said, if the GOP wants my vote in 2024, not Trump, as I'm voting for him anyway, but the rest of the GOP, if they want my vote, I pledge that the following are required. Please share, take the pledge, and ask, I should say, oh, that's right, I'm going to change that to ask others uh, to take the pledge. First one, immediately start a House Select Committee hearing on the stolen 2020 election. No Democrats, just like their January 6th show. Right. Right. I totally, totally, totally agree with that. I got Josh on the line from Illinois, and he just called back in. I make his line live. So, Josh, same thing. If you want to chat, feel free. If not, you can just keep yourself muted if you want to make background uh, noise. And that goes for anybody that calls, too. Second one, close the D.C. Gulag prison. Release all January 6th prisoners. Delete the prison from any future funding. Yes. Okay. The Republican Party has to pay all of Trump's legal fees and compliance fees, including his airplane for court appearances, payback for helping the Democrats steal the 2020 election. I also agree. I fully <laughs> agree for that. And I, also, I think any ongoing litigation charges that are happening even after the fact need to be paid for. You can add As to we my progress list. and get closer to yeah. yeah, you can answer the list. I, know. I mean, you know, the whole point of this. Right. And for those that are wondering if I'm, am I going to hold to this? Well, probably. Um, you know, and I'd be, I'd love to get my, my congressman Matt Gates on the line and, have, and talk about this. He's like, look, dude, you know, I mean, he could have started that House Select Committee already. You know, he asked great questions in, in hearings, which is nice. I mean, that's, that's good, but it's not actually accomplishing anything because he knows that people aren't going to answer. So he's asking the questions, which is great. But unless you follow through with a House Select Committee, unless you actually do something, you know, I mean, rhetoric doesn't go anywhere with me. Um, and again, so, so feel free, uh, Bonnie, to, to elaborate on what you think of some of these things. This one's a big one. Okay. Stop funding. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you're going to say something? No, I was, right. just, I was just saying, okay. Okay, good. Next one. Stop funding for any department, agency, or person that deals with education, diversity, equity, inclusion, critical race, or any other race theory, green energy, climate change, any restrictions on consumer products such as gas cars, stoves, and light bulbs, aiding illegal aliens, including NGOs, that's non-governmental organizations, Ukraine, vaccines, guns, the Department of Justice, the White House staff, and any, and any salary, this is the big one, and any salary for anyone at any policy-making level. This is to shut down the illegal government. You like that one? Yes. Yes, I do like that one a lot. I wish it could go one step farther into the oh. private sector, but I know that it cannot. I know that um, it cannot without breaching the Constitution. 
What would you do? Meaning you companies do like Coca-Cola who are not governmentally owned, that right. we're sitting there training people to say, oh, you're too white. You're not equality-based <laughs> enough. You need to learn to be less white. And like, for real, they were having seminars, bringing people in and showing them equality videos, and they were saying, you need to be less white. Like, I wish we could take over that private sector mentality of saying you're not even allowed to do that in the private sector. But I know we cannot because that's what freedom is. You have the freedom if you run a company independently from the government to run it the way you see fit. But if all of that equality BS is removed and, and mm. just basically seen as almost tyranny, not, not necessarily tyranny, but it's, it's betrayal of your country to try and teach that one race is better than another. This is a melting pot. That's America. We're not going to sit there and say one race is better than another. So remove that whole brainwashing mentality together and have your company run post to run. Everybody can make their own decisions. Hire who you want to hire based on skill level. It has nothing to do with skin color and mm-hmm. everything to do with experience, experience and, and your intelligence in your field. Well, we have civil rights laws. You can actually, uh, we already, you can affect the private sector. The fact that you have diversity training, which prejudices against white people, particularly white Christian males, of which I happen to be one, yes. you know, uh, mm-hmm. so we, but the problem is the government doesn't accept civil rights claims from white Christian males, which is discrimination in and of itself. So we actually have plans. Right. Uh, see, see, my dream, my dream is to be required to go to a diversity workshop. I live for it. I can't wait. Oh, please, put me in a diversity, <laughs> diversity workshop. I'm going to have so much fun he, with the instructors. He's going to treat that like Christmas. Uh-oh, Josh is on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh, what do you think? Have you ever been to one, Josh? Oh, no, 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 I have self-respect. You're, you're going there for an experiment, and you're going to – I guarantee you, you will do the best to keep your pinky up like a gentleman. What? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip shreds off the instructor. I Push know. The, okay, I was what? trying to make – is this Karen Strong? No. No, you're an hour early. No. This is Bonnie Nesbitt. They're both women. Okay. No, no, I apologize, ma'am. No, I'm just, uh, I was a big fan of uh, that lady. And, uh, okay. okay. It's just Greg. No, I'm just messing with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, though, uh, the first thing I would do is demand a white instructor for diversity. I would ask them, do you have any white instructors in your company? You know, in your diversity company? <laughs> of course, they're going to say no. So why not? I said, well, let me teach the class then. Let me come up there for equal time. And that's, that's the second thing I would say. Please put me in a diversity workshop. You see, the good things never happen like that to me. All right. So the whole point, no. though, is to defund the – exactly. But getting back to the main point here, the point is to defund the illegal government. All right? So the Republicans aren't doing yeah. that. They have the House. They have control of all the money. No bill – actually, it says no tax bill starts. But the House can, can shut off any money. I'm going to have background noise. Is that you, Josh? Or Bonnie. I'm sorry. It's probably me trying to cover my earbuds. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I just I would try to limit it. So, and and Josh, like I say, feel free to mute yourself. You know, between conversations, I'm going to mute you anyway when um, Karen comes on because I want to talk to her myself for a little bit. Just kind of standard policy, right? Um, but the whole idea is defunding. We've got to defund this. You know, I mean. I hate to do this, but if you reverse the situation, because I really get sick of people saying, well, if, if this was done to the Democrats, they would do this. But the fact is that if the situation were reversed, where the Democrats were, you know, the, the, uh, the majority party, uh, well, I think they did it with Trump. You know, all the impeachments, all the bogus stuff they did, they basically tried to shut down the Trump government. All right. So why are the Republicans who know the election was stolen, even though they took part in it, uh, but the, the Freedom Caucus people, why aren't they screaming every single day, here's where we need to uh, shut down Brandon's illegal government? And that's what the Democrats would be saying. And yet they're geldings. The go and add less party. You know, the only uh, real men in the Republican Party are women. 
It's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mark Taylor Green, Lauren Gilbert, and uh, some of the other folks. But uh, but the you know, I mean, are there any real men who are men in the Republican Party? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. No, but that, but that was the problem to begin with. Is that political parties? Obviously, if you're a Democrat, uh, you, you should probably lob your stuff off now. There's no way that you're going to walk around here if anything well, falls this apart. Is, uh, this would be a Karen question. I'm too. sorry. I want to ask her about this. About what? Okay, I'll be quiet. No, you can you can talk. I'm just. I, you know me. I got. I'm, I'm. I'm hyped up. I've had. A, I've had a great show so far. This has been fun. <laughs> so I you know, haven't taken a break. We're just going full steam ahead because I had Bill and then Wendy and then Bonnie and this just the and Josh is on and so it's, it's going crazy. But um, look at it from uh, you know from the the uh, the war against men. You know we now have a generation of Republican politicians plus the older ones too. Uh, the older ones are so thoroughly, you know, into the system they just want to keep their their money, their status, and their privilege. But the younger Republicans. You know, like the, the like the Matt Gates and those folks. You know, they're not uh, they're saying the right things, but they're not actually doing anything. You know, what's going on? So, Bonnie, let me ask you first, and I'll ask Josh. But do you think the the war against men, the demasculinization, the, the uh, you know metaphorical uh, or real in some cases, you know, castration of uh, of the the Republican men um, has is causing them to be total weenies, total wimps? Bonnie, I do think in some ways it is. Yes, I think that. Unfortunately, the next generation of political figures that is coming up is still in that mindset of the, the whole equality. Women don't have the same rights as men, and so they're pushing that, like, you know, women need to have equal rights, first and foremost, and there's a little bit more of a feminine push where, towards where don't women have equal rights? Yeah, where don't women have equal rights? Mm-hmm. That's my point exactly. Where don't they? They, they always have had equal rights, but mm-hmm. the left has always been pushing that glass mentality of, oh, no, women earn less per hour. And if you add up all the hours that women put in as a mom and as a wife and as a working this and that, and you compare it on top of what men are making, women are way underpaid. Well, the fact of the matter is, if there were more men in the workforce willing to stand up and not take an unemployment check and put themselves to work to provide for their families, like own up to the fact that they are a father and need to take care of their kids, I think there'd be a whole lot less complaining going on. Because Women, I believe, rose up with the idea that I can can take care of myself. That's what was pushed. You need to take care of yourself because men can't take care of you. Now, that idea did not come from June Cleaver because Mm -hmm. she was well provided for, as were all of the old 50s icons. Mm -hmm. The man was the, the earner of the household, the breadwinner, and the woman took care of nurturing the kids. There's nothing wrong with that. But I also don't oppose women being out into the workforce and earning a living at something that they want to do. Now, if they're forced into it because their man is sitting home playing PlayStation games all day, that's another issue altogether. But oh, wait, I do believe the man that is that forced into it because the woman is home playing PlayStation. You know, see, equal equal rights imply <laughs> equal responsibilities and equal duties. So sure. you can't impose child support on men if you don't impose child support on women. No. I mean, we have an equal protection clause Absolutely. in the 14th Amendment. So the perception, Absolutely. you know, and, and this is what I'll talk to Karen about too, but this is, this, is, this is where she taught me a lot of interesting stuff. Perception is men have obligations and women, you know, can just be. You know, it's like women can be men without the obligations that men have. It's really quite fascinating. But where, you know, women... So do you think think that's why people like Caitlyn Jenner transitioned to being a woman? Because he was just tired of his responsibility as a man. So he thought, eh, why not? I'll give it a try. I have no idea. I think... (laughs) Well, here, let's talk about trans for a sec, because I have, uh, you know, probably going to have a regular trans reporter, uh, our progressive socialist, uh, Bianca Von Creek, who's going to be back on Friday, uh, running against Nancy Pelosi, you know, really, she's part of the progressive caucus. So we get incredible insights 
you know, into Democrats and progressive. But as far as I'm concerned, trans is not a, it's, it's elective uh, treatment. You know, it's nothing more than a personal choice. It's not a civil rights group. It's not a rights group at all. It's not a right. You know, it's something that people choose exactly. to do if they want if adults. Fully informed adults can make that choice. If you want to change your body, I got no problem with that. People do that all the time. You know, Botox. <laughs> you know, it's the same kind of thing. You're changing, but instead Get you're changing tattoo. yourself. Get a to, yeah, I mean, you're changing yourself to look like the opposite sex. I don't care. That's how you want to live your life? Great. But you're not a civil rights group. We're not going to pay for it. And you, you have no claims on telling other people how to live their life and how they have to treat you. Okay, so that's the difference. But we, you know, but I have folks all, all the time, you know, but it's, uh, but that's a, that's a fascinating thing that's going on these days that it's, a, it's just another pressure group. And what's really interesting is the lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual folks don't want the, don't think of the trans folks as part of the same group. So there's some interesting dynamics that are going on within the community. How do we get onto this? Anyway. Uh, I think we got onto it just because of the whole masculinity issue. Yeah, well, and that's something, well, I thought about this show. This show, you know, basically, you know, I'm, I'm the boss here, even though I'm, you know, a very benevolent dictator. But the fact is, this is, this is pretty much a masculine-directed show. It's competitive. It's full of energy. We don't take any BS. We say what we want, you know, and we're extremely aggressive. And it works out. And I have tons of women on the I show. Think, how, does that, how does that happen? Yeah. Ex- Most of my reporters exactly. are women. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah. That's the epitome of, of masculinity is being able to speak your mind and not really, not really fear any repercussion per se. I mean, that is in essence a masculine quality. That's why I think that so many people are attracted to some of the female people that are in political positions who are standing strong. I don't hmm. think that we could have ever even had Miss Kamalamala be hmm. a vice president if it weren't for the fact that America was ready to see a strong woman, not that she is. She is a terrible, terrible representative of what a strong woman is. I mean, I heard somebody the other day give her the best nickname possible, and that was Heels Up Harris. And <laughs> that is so far, so far from the example we should be setting. Well, but it's true. Start, it's true. I'm going to start with Willie Brown, the mayor of uh, San Francisco. That's pretty well documented. Yeah. 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 yeah um, exactly. Yeah. Josh, you had a point? You wanted to get something in here? Uh, no, I was just saying uh, if you're going to uh... – be a benevolent dictator. A kind yeah. one. Also Me? Well, it depends on the situation. You know, I mean, I've muted people. I've, I've cut folks off. I've denied them. I've kicked them off the show, mostly for trying to take over my show. I'm not going to mention names, but they're not here anymore. You know, I mean, so, but that, I have no problem making a decision. So for Bonnie, uh, you know, given that this is an inherently, I guess, masculine environment, um, are you enjoying it? <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, I'm just curious because I have I more women reporters. I didn't set out to do that. Those are just the people that stuck around and wanted to do this. But it's like, it's like a, right. I don't know, a three to two ratio or something like that probably, you know. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's very important to me to have strong women voice their opinions. And there are not enough strong women standing up and doing that. So to mm-hmm. have an outlet to where you have several strong women being able to voice, like Miss Wendy, like she's, she's a bomb in my book. Like she will tell it like it is. And I oh, love her so strong. much for that. Yeah, all the women are strong. Well, yeah, I don't have I, all women. the women that you have are very strong. Yeah. And we need that. Even our teenager. Yeah, yeah no, Brianna. no. Strong women, strong women are important, but if you don't have a mind behind your strength, then you're going to end up like Greta Thunberg. So. <laughs> very true. <laughs> 
I'm just Very saying. True. You cannot strong, be a strong woman without the intelligence I'm happy factor. To, I'm, I back would it up. love to hear strong women with strong ideas if they think. If you don't think, you're mm-hmm. probably European. Well, I wouldn't call her a strong woman. I just call her playing a role, following a script. She's a puppet. She's a strong. total puppet. Just like so many other political figures. I know. Are right so now. is Kamala mm-hmm. Harris. I know. We're on the same team. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kamala huh. Harris definitely is too. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating that they put the, the, the one person in office who was the total puppet, totally corrupt and mm-hmm. totally uh, manipulatable. Uh, is that a word? You know, Joe Biden. And the only and the only sure. and then they put someone who's even worse, you know, at mm-hmm. the backstop. <laughs> you know, so, well, you got to keep him because mm-hmm. she's even worse. It's really fascinating. This, this has been well thought out. Let me give you a couple more uh, uh, ones here. I put passed legislation to repeal the bogus Supreme Court opinions that involve the creation of policy, regulation or law. And, of course, I'm happy to provide examples. Mm-hmm. One they've already done, Roe v. Wade, okay, was policy. Supreme Court can't make policy. But gay gay marriage, CO2 being a pollutant, all those kind of things are, are, uh, yeah. are illegal for the Supreme Court to, you know, Plyler v. Doe, making Americans pay for illegal aliens' education. They can't do that. They, most of the things they've done in the last 30 years have been illegal. Josh Yade, and then I'll get to Bonnie. Josh? Greg, Greg, no, you shouldn't have breezed through it the way you just did that. Um, when you said that Roe v. Wade was overturned, uh, there should have been a moment for reflection and conversation. Oh, please, and then you should have gone on comment. to the next one. No, you, please reflect oh, and comment. Yes, sir. No, the reflection of that is that has been a ridiculous policy on a federal level of this country for over 50 years. Hmm? And how That's come ridiculous. no state challenged it? Knowing that the Supreme Court cannot because, make policy, they cannot make law, they cannot make regulation. Not a single state said, we're just going to forget. You can't do that. We're going to do what we want. We're going to pass our own law. Screw you. How come that didn't happen? Greg, Greg, name your favorite governor and tell me that that individual 10 years ago wouldn't have been a coward in the face of this. Christy Nome, the only governor who didn't have an, uh, any lockdowns or mandates during COVID. Okay. I know that. My favorite governor. I know that she has that abnormally long middle finger. I'm aware of that. Okay. That's not fair. Right. I'm just saying <laughs> the rest of the government. <laughs> it's not fair. You asked me a question and I answered it. Let me hold you up for a bit. I want to talk to you. I know the rest <laughs> of the, I'm just saying that it was for a long standing period of time. There was, it was impossible. It was ridiculous for them to pass that to begin with, to make it a federal law that states had to abide by this. And then it was it just no overturning law. everybody. Lewis, oh, they lost their minds, buddy. There was no federal law on, on Roe v. Wade. It was just a, it was just a Supreme Court set, which means nothing. I'm put you on hold for a little bit. I want to talk to Bonnie for a bit, and then we uh, check my uh, my messages here. <laughs> Marco in the Netherlands says, we're talking, we were talking about white people earlier. He says, I'm less white in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess white is a variable quality. Um, <laughs> Supreme Court. Bonnie? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting because, you know, black people can get sunburned. You know, I, in fact, uh, I was talking to one guy, uh, you know, back in college, I was really embarrassed. I said something, he says, how can you get sunburned? You're, you know, you're black. He says, you idiot. He goes, look at this. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. So one of my educational views yeah. from my, uh, my very white town I grew up in. But that's okay. You know, we all learn. Um, Supreme Court. What's uh, yeah. as far your as take the, on? I don't yeah. think that they sh- Yeah, I agree with you. They should not be making decisions like that. They should be stripped of any power to do so. They're supposed to be reading the Constitution and understanding the Constitution and not trying to put their own political viewpoints in it. And that is the, the oath that they all swear is to be unbiased as a justice on the Supreme Court panel. Mm-hmm. And yet they're coming in and they're not able to define what a woman is. You can't have <laughs> well, no, that's justices sitting there that are. Yeah, that's that's a leftist. That uh, that's a leftist propaganda point. She can't do that because she's appealing to her leftist yeah. base. 
So exactly. what the, what the, so where, where was the GOP person uh, on the Senate that should have said, well, if you can't tell what a woman is, then you can't be on the Supreme Court. You've just disqualified yourself. I mean, that's, that would have been my first comment. Right, right. Instead, I Marcia think they Blackburn. tried to just push it as a laughing point. Yeah, Marsha Blackburn, you know, even asked her, you know, can you define what a woman mm-hmm. is? And, and, uh, and Judge uh, Jackson said no. And then Marsha Blackburn mm-hmm. said, should have said, well, if you can't make that easy a choice, then how can we have you, you know, make decisions on, uh, on major cases? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that, you know, but as far as the Supreme Court, it looks like Josh has left us. I understand that, you know, so uh, Josh, you want to come back and, and just listen, you know, feel free. Or what most people should do is listen online. That's how you do it. You listen online, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action, you know, and just pick up the, the top episode. That's how you do it. I didn't play my, uh, my info stuff. We'll get to that later. Um, next one, pass legislation that no regulation becomes law without a vote of Congress and signature by the president. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely, because our congressmen are supposed to be listening to the voice of the actual down-to-earth grassroots citizens. Now, the problem mm-hmm. comes into play when they do not. When they put their own political interests before the interests of their actual citizens, that becomes a problem. Their constituents need to help write the laws, not the congressmen. The congressmen need to represent the constituents. Funny thing you should say that people need to write the laws. Funny thing you said that. You know, I know a place mm-hmm. where you can do Funny, that. Funny, huh? <laughs> but uh, well, let me ask you one question on the Supreme Court again. Can the Supreme Court interpret the Constitution? Yes. No. No. That's why I asked that question. Why do you think they can interpret the Constitution? It should be to the extent that it is a living, breathing document. So my viewpoint on interpreting the Constitution is you have to interpret it in context of how it was written and not in context of your own personal political views. You cannot twist it and contort it to be like, oh, well, I guess we can vote on homosexual marriage because I interpret the Constitution to be the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, happiness being first and foremost. So therefore, if you're happy doing this thing, sure, well, let's just make it a federal law. That's not interpreting the Constitution. Interpreting the Constitution is simply giving you the freedom to pursue your own personal rights, but not putting laws into place that back that up, aside from the basic amendments that are already there, like the right to defend yourself, bear arms, the right to freedom of speech, those types of things. So I don't know, when you say should they be given the right to interpret the Constitution, I, I do think they should be given the right to interpret it to a certain extent, but it has to be within the threshold of properly interpreting it and not personally interpreting it difference? and pushing it upon the American people as a whole. So the difference between well, properly interpreting and interpreting it. Oh, okay. I, I, don't, right. I don't really know if there is a clear line to define what that difference is because okay. everybody has a bias. Everybody has an opinion. So why would you want them interpreting at all? Why don't they just read it and use it? I mean, I agree. Why not read it and use it? Here's what's going on here. Everybody grows up in school hearing that the uh, the Congress makes the laws, the president enforces the laws, and the Supreme Court interprets the laws. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's a lie. (laughs) The Supreme Court does not interpret the Constitution or the laws. There's no interpretations clause in the Constitution. Article 10, or the 10th Amendment. What's the 10th Amendment say? Any powers not specifically delegated, you know, don't exist. They're reserved to the states and the people. So, can the Supreme Court interpret the Constitution? No. All they can do is solve cases, resolve cases that are, that are brought to them using the Constitution. Right. Okay. Can they, can they uh, you know, rule against um, a party based on a constitutional provision and declare a government policy or something like that uh, as unconstitutional? Yeah. Can they erase the law? No, because only the legislature can do that. 
So there's an interesting, there's, right. we're kind of forming some new stuff here. So what can the Supreme Court actually do? They can resolve, they can use the Constitution in favor of, uh, you know, the plaintiff or the defendant. Okay, so they use the Constitution, but they can't interpret it. They just have to take it as written. So when the judge overturned the mask mandate and said, we're going to suspend this law, you know, uh, or this policy of the executive, they can do that. But they can't write a new law on top of it. But the reason they could do that is because all mask mandates are a violation of the Fourth Amendment. It's a search and seizure of your person. Well, seizure right. of your person. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's unconstitutional without due process. What's the due process? The due process is you've been proven to be sick. You cannot force a healthy person to, to wear a mask. That's unconstitutional. Right. So the question is, can, but right. getting back to it, it's, it's a fine line between what the courts can do in terms of enforcing the law and using the Constitution into that gray area of interpreting and getting into making law or policy or regulation themselves. So in other words, they can suspend a policy. They can uh, block a policy. They can't erase a law. They can't rule a law unconstitutional and take it off the books. They cannot do that because they have no power over legislation. All they have is the power over their case. Now, it'd be kind of stupid for Congress to keep a law in the books that the Supreme Court has already ruled, you know, uh, or used it, you know, saying it's unconstitutional. Any other right. case that comes up, the same thing's going to happen, right? Right. But it's, right. But it's, it's, a, it's exactly. a fine line. I still have to, I'm still working on the exact definitions. But the idea that the Supreme Court can, quote, interpret the Constitution, well, if they're co-equal branches of government, that means the president and the Congress can interpret the Constitution, too. And what if the Congress says, exactly. well, I've got, uh, I interpret the Constitution to say that the Supreme Court, we can just, uh, which I think they can anyway, actually, is I'll vote them. So, uh, you know, we're going to take your opinions and put them up for a vote. You know, we're going to overrule yeah. rule you. So uh, that's something that'd be interesting too. Anyway, we're going to talk more about the court. We spent a lot of time on it. I don't want to take all this hour with that. Uh, outlaw any continuing resolutions in Congress. No money can be spent except through the normal appropriations process. How's yes, that? I agree with that too. And that, that ties into not extending the debt ceiling as well and living within means. You have X huh. amount of dollars to work with. Figure mm-hmm. it out. Funny you should say that. We just happen to have a constitutional amendment. Next one, pass the legislation mm-hmm. revoking the power of Congress to borrow money. And we have a constitutional amendment that actually does <laughs> exactly. that. Right, exactly. What do you think of that one? That's the big one. You know, so all the, in mm-hmm. fact, I was watching a guy named Lee Smith. Well, I want to learn more about him. He's really interesting because he's really direct. Uh, last night on uh, mm-hmm. Karen McKinney's report on One American News. He says, you're not dealing with the right issue. You know, it's Obama. I mean, where, what, is, you know, what powers does he have? Why is he still in Washington when Brandon's on vacation all the time? I mean, how often is he visiting the White House right. giving directions? How often is he in the, the, the old executive office building, you know, coordinating policy? Probably all the time, you know. Probably uh, all the time, yes. He's, every other president leaves Washington. The only president didn't was Wilson because he had a stroke. He couldn't. <laughs> he yeah. was incapacitated. And Mrs. Wilson was, was running the country. Scary thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much power yeah. Joe Biden has. That's kind of interesting, too. Anyway, but the point is that uh, most presidents, all the other presidents leave. When they're done, they go home. Well, Obama exactly. thinks he's not Washington. Exactly. That's, a, that's kind of interesting. So what would happen if Congress, if we took away the power of Congress to borrow money? Well, as you've stated in the past, if we take away the power for them to borrow more money, then we're forced to live within our means, which mm-hmm. means that they are only limited to spending on the things that need to be spent on. So many programs will obviously have to be eliminated or spending will have to be cut in them, which means mm-hmm. that if spending is cut and we live within our means, we no longer need to print more money. And by not mm-hmm. printing more money, inflation goes down. And so everything mm-hmm. stabilizes. And as you pointed out in the past, you have that exactly planned out. You did the math. It would take roughly, I think you said, 40 years to get that 
back to where it needs to be. Actually, that's Derek. I, I can't take credit for that. Derek Parker, financial advisor, um, reporter. Yeah. He's the one that came up with that. And he knows treasury bonds because he sells them. <laughs> you know, so he knows. But yeah, right. he figures about 30 to 40 right. years of no, no further borrowing, the natural right. maturing of treasuries would pay off the national debt in about 30 or 40 years. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we all have to it. do that in American yeah. households. We all have to live mm-hmm. in that budget. We don't get mm-hmm. to automatically go to our boss and say, you know what? I can't pay my mortgage this month because my interest rate climbed, so I need a raise. I need an extra mm-hmm. 50 bucks a week in my paycheck. The, the, mm-hmm. Your boss would laugh at you and say, go find another job. I'm not going to pay you more. You're, you haven't done anything to earn that. So mm-hmm. why should America keep borrowing money to say, well, we need more money. We just have to. We, we just have to. That's, that's the answer always. Well, we just have to. There's no real reason given aside from what we just need to. Oh, how, you know, heaven forbid we shut down the government because we can't live within our means and find a way to restructure everything so that we can live within our means. That would be the sensical thing to do. Oh, no, no, yep. no, no, no. We can't be sensical. We need to be illogical. We need to go keep borrowing more money and keep printing more money and keep putting this country farther and farther into debt until nobody can afford anything and everybody is dependent upon the government to give them little coupons every month that say you're entitled to X amount of dollars, go spend mm-hmm. it wisely. Meanwhile, we, we'll be living in our mansions and flying our jets and doing as we please and living in our uh, secured bunkers. Hmm. Um, do you know if the government's still handing out COVID money for people not to work or is that pretty much over? I do not. No, I do not believe they are. That ended in 2022. That was the last extension you could get for COVID relief funds. Thank goodness. Okay. So people still got unemployment, though, but it's, it's different. It's just regular state it's unemployment? It's not COVID-backed. It's regular okay. standard unemployment because obviously there's cycles in factories and other mm-hmm. in the manufacturing sector and in the retail sector where you're going to have lulls, and so people are entitled to take unemployment. But the interesting thing about COVID was – they put the stipulation in federally that said if you draw unemployment during COVID, we will suspend the increase in the merit-based pay rate that we charge employers. So, in other words, if you're a business and you have employees, you have to pay state unemployment tax and federal unemployment tax. The state unemployment tax is, a, is it's the same way. It's a pool of money that all empo- uh-huh. employers pay it in. And if someone in your company draws unemployment, they supposedly have that pool of funds readily available to then draw it out from and pay that individual based on their history of earnings. They're going to pay them a fraction of what they earned when they were working for you. Well, when Uh COVID came along, normally if you have an employee draw unemployment, it's going to make your next year's rate increase. It's kind of like getting in a car accident. Your insurance rate's going to go up if you get into an accident because you're now using the insurance money to help buy a new car and pay for any medical bills. Same premise. If you have someone drawing unemployment, they're going to increase your unemployment rate for the next year because they're going to look at you as a risky employer who has high turnover. But during COVID, they suspended that. And they said, it doesn't matter how many employees draw unemployment, we will not raise your unemployment rate. And that stayed in effect for two years. So there was zero incentive for employers keeping anyone on board long after the pandemic was over. They could just say, well, you can quit and you can go draw unemployment and my rate won't go up. So there was actually encouragement for employers to lay off. That's I did not know that. said the mentality. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It said the mentality of people saying, well, I could just go grab a paycheck from the state and I could be actually earning more than what I was earning with my employer. So I can stay home, play my PlayStation all day and go grab my check. And they even suspended the whole requirement of looking for another job while drawing unemployment because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be interesting if uh, if unemployment. Um, I don't know how you do this. Maybe make the first six months or first three months. <laughs> it doesn't take that long to find a job uh, where they will actually pay you. Mm-hmm. But after that, it be- after that, it becomes a loan. After three months, you got to pay it back. Right. You can draw. Well, and some months. did. Some 
Some were actually penalized on their tax returns in 2022. If you drew unemployment, you received it, there was a penalty that was in place or a tax that was placed on those funds, at least in the state of Indiana. I don't know how many other states did that, but they Uh started highly investigating the COVID relief funds that were being paid out by both the government to employers and the employees drawing it from the state. There was a huge crackdown in our state. Interesting. You know, the whole thing, I got Priyanka on the line to make his line live in a second. The problem with COVID was that they borrowed $7 trillion and they didn't have to borrow anything. You know, you know, if you look at my show, every single day I put the slide of the CDC chart that said that COVID deaths ended mm-hmm. July of 2020. No one ever comments on that. It's there mm-hmm. every day. I mean, I just kind of sneak it in. It's like, it's like this little bombshell and nobody notices. It's quite yeah. fascinating. Um, you know, and so all the, I, I do a lot of things that people don't notice just for my own amusement. But that chart is there for a reason. And, uh, and it's July of 2020 is when they started lying about COVID. So now, like we said right. at the beginning of the hour, they're lying again. They're not even showing evidence that there's any COVID mm-hmm. here. They're just bringing back the mandates. They're just assuming that people will go right. along with it. That's not going to happen this time. Uh, I'm going to get Pianchi in just in case no. of an unemployment thing. But uh, then we'll get on to the COVID mandates and how we resist for the last uh, 10 minutes. So, Pianchi, you're on with uh, Bonnie Nesbitt. Well, you say that Congress take away the power of Congress to borrow money. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. Sure, I can. Why, so why should they borrow, be borrow money? To borrow money. Why? Well, it's in the Constitution. Jefferson didn't want him to borrow money for exactly the reason that uh, that we have now, because they're going to borrow too much money and not pay it back. But can they borrow money? Now, but I want to take away the power of them to borrow money. The only reason they can borrow money yeah, is because either, Article 1, Yeah, but clause, when should they have... When should they have the power to borrow money? Never. So if, they, if there ever a time when they should have the power to borrow money, and that should be dictated by a budget, then you can't say that you're going to take away the power of them to borrow money. It's opposite. Sure it's just, no, I'll tell you why. Because they are obsessed with borrowing money. If you, and in fact, uh, one of the folks that um, was uh, from the Mises Institute, I forgot to say. Uh, why are they obsessed with borrowing money? Hold on, hold they on. Have, the, the amount has to be set by a budget. Oh, yeah, but they do. But, they, but you know they lie. Here's the lie. And then Bonnie, I want to hear her comment on this too. They say we have to raise the debt ceiling to meet our obligations. But the only reason they do that is because they raise the obligations above the debt ceiling first and lied about it. They, they illegally spent money above the debt ceiling and then said, oh, we have to raise our obligation. We have to raise our debt ceiling to meet our obligations. The obligations were illegal. That's the lie. Well, that's exactly. the point. That's the point. The obligations has to be within the terms of the budget. You know, it's just like, a, could you go out and pay cash for a brand new house? But you're missing the point, though, that I'm trying to make is that we do have the power to take away Congress's uh, power to borrow money. All we have to do is change the Constitution. The only reason they can borrow money is because Article 1, Section 8, Clause 2, where it says Congress shall have the power to borrow money on the credit of the United States. And if you remove the sentence to borrow money on the on the credit of the United States, then they can't borrow money on the credit of the United States. And it's over. Yeah, but it, well, the credit, the credit uh, of the United States is like setting a budget. So when you say obligations, obligations that extend beyond a set budget should not be considered at all. So there would be a time when you need to borrow money. Name but one. You have Name to one. be able to borrow money. Why? But it has to be within line with the budget. If they, like want to borrow, if they want to borrow money, they can go to the American people and issue bonds. That's a, war bonds, savings bonds. Well, like that. They want to do that. That's fine. Vote. 
Yeah. Uh, just like the Hancock Commitment, the Hancock Commitment limits Missouri's ability to collect taxes. And when your tax revenue exceeds your expenditure okay, by a certain percentage, then that money goes back to the citizens of Missouri. Okay. That's the way it is presently right now. Yeah, we're getting into too much detail here for this, and I've only got a few minutes left. Yeah, with, uh, so that's a, I don't All want right, to discuss you, it anymore, but I, that's no point. Okay, no, I understand yes. your point. I, I just think you're, I just disagree with you, though. Bonnie, uh, do you see any reason why Congress should borrow money? I don't, because any kind of a situation that would arise where money would need to be raised, like you said, there are bonds available. But even within that parameter of the budget, there should be an allowance. Anybody that budgets knows that you have a, a swinging window. So you're going to automatically build in a budget for, okay, well, should we go to war and we need to increase our defense? That needs to be built in ahead of time. That way it does not become an emergency. And it's the same mindset of you as a household member. If you are a wise person, you're going to automatically have a savings account, and you're going to be putting a set amount into that savings account every week when you earn your mm-hmm. paycheck. My furnace blows up. Just in case I need a new roof. Just in case I get into an accident. There are all those what-ifs that you have to prepare for. And you have to be wise and discerning, just as the Bible tells us to be in all things in life, wise and discerning with your money. And our government should be wise and discerning with our money and already that in. That shouldn't be an emergency. Well, what yeah. happens if you don't have enough money saved up? Why do you not have enough saved up if you've been wise and discerning? You have all the money that you need because, given to you by the taxpayers, and if you're not, if you're throwing money at contractors across the world to build things that cost three times as much as they should cost, that's on you. That's on you for making a poor decision. It, so find another it, area to, to make it. it up. If you need it, you got to have it. Absolutely, but you shouldn't have misspent it in the first place. So, if so, if you if you try to allow for the cost of something uh, a year ago, and all of a sudden now you need it, and you find out that you don't have enough for it, so what's going to happen? You do without it, and the people suffer. No, you have to be able to borrow money. No, you need to be able to remove your funds. You you need to be able to sh- shuffle them. In other words. Just like when you have a, an envelope system and you've got $10 in each envelope, you just take the $10 from a different envelope and you move it to that one. You find a way to work your money and you get the most use and out of it possible. You don't have enough, suppose you don't have enough $10 envelopes. You have to be able to borrow money. <laughs> Not if you've been properly allocating your funds from the get-go. I understand what you're saying when it comes to what do you do if you don't have enough. You can't magically raise it. But... The, the problem you is there should never funds. be a situation where that's even an your issue. Your synopsis of allocating funds is based on the knowledge that you know at the time. But at some predictable time in the future, when all of a sudden something comes up, what you allocated funds on a year ago, well, the costs have increased for whatever reason. So now you don't have the total funds. People ain't going to give you something on the promise of what? Well, I'll pay you when I get it. Is that not borrowing? Well, borrowing from Peter to pay Paul is one way of looking at it. But the the fact of the matter still remains that there is a way to raise it. Like Greg mentioned, you could still raise war bonds if you needed war bonds in a time of war. There would still be an additional way to fund that type of emergency. Let's let's talk about war for a minute. If we have a – I use this example all the time with people. We need to borrow money for a war. I said, really? If China launches hypersonic missiles at us, we've got about three minutes. Is Congress really going to meet and borrow money? 
You know, you got to be no, the wars today. You have not. to prepare ahead of time. We're not going to have amphibious landings. We're not going to have you know the Battle of Jutlands. We're not going to have wars today are fought in cyberspace. They're going to be fought with laser weapons. They're going to be fought with missiles. Hypersonic missiles is not going to be armies are not going to be needed. It's going to be a totally different kind of warfare. All right. And so the idea that you have to borrow, oh, let me finish. Let me finish. The idea that you have to borrow money for this is absurd. You've got to be prepared right now to fight a war within minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of war. All right, but what about, if you don't have that, and you don't have pay, that ready to go. What about the pay then, to the soldiers? Okay. Well, everybody did what? When we look that's at COVID, what was the first thing that lines were made for? Toilet paper. Everyone's rushing to the store to get toilet paper. If you don't have toilet paper to last you for like four weeks, shame on you. Like, everybody should have enough on hand at any given time when it comes to food storage, when it comes to basic necessities. That's common sense. For every single American in this country, there is no excuse to not go to the store and get the basic necessities that you need stored up for, like, four weeks. And so the government should be the exact same way. Like, there is not going to be time if we know a meteor is about to hit us in 24 hours. Do you really think it makes a difference if you say, oh, well, my house isn't paid off yet? Or, oh, I don't have enough, you know, ground beef to get me through till next week. It doesn't matter at that point. Everything you have is right then and there. You have it readily available. You prepared for it ahead of time. And if you didn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You're about to be dead anyway. When you're talking about war, you're talking about equipment. But soldiers aren't going to fight for nothing. Yeah, but you're missing Soldiers the point, are Kathy. hired all the, along the way, though. There's a defense the budget to pay them all along the way. They're, they're not suddenly going to get a raise because there's war. That's an appropriation. Uh, soldier pay is an appropriation. It's a regular appropriation. That's why we have the Defense Act every year. Is that one of those – is appropriation yeah. one of those 10 envelopes? Yeah. Soldiers are not going to fight for nothing. No, no, but Bianchi, Bianchi, if they the war has been declared, home. if the war has been declared and you don't have the soldiers to fight it, it's already too late. Okay, so in other words, what Bonnie and I are saying is that he has to be prepared ahead of time. Same thing goes with the pandemic. You know, if you're not ready for the pandemic, borrowing money is not going to solve it. In fact, COVID, I want to talk about that. We've got about three minutes left before my guest gets here. That with, uh, with COVID, they spent $7 trillion needlessly. All they had to do was issue hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. You know, and we knew the way freedom was the biggest problem with COVID. You know, if we had freedom, freedom of information, we could have solved it for virtually nothing. So no yeah, money needs to be borrowed for COVID at all. What specialist said you didn't need to use those medicines that you just mentioned? Well, the government, because they wanted to push uh, COVID shots. Well, they, so they borrowed $7 trillion and, and uh, created a, uh, a shot that kills and injures people. People look See, to freedom, the government freedom to make saved that decision. Yeah, but they didn't need to borrow any money for COVID. Didn't need to borrow a single dollar. They made it sound like they did, but they didn't need to. Just like when in the state of New York where they kept saying, oh, well, we need all of this, this equipment and we need all of this you know, safety gear. They, they didn't. They didn't. A wasteful issuance on that whole boat that came out to the, the docking area that they were going to use as a, like a triage hospital for treatment center. It went to waste. Well, I hear what you're saying, but you got another component that's not doing what they should do, and that's the people. So who done an inventory of the equipment to make sure that it was in line with what was being said? Nobody. Okay. Well, on that note, I'm going to hold you up because i got my guest, uh, Karen's on the line right now. So I'm going to uh, – Bonnie, do you have a last comment before I, I let you – or you guys can stick around. I'm just going to put you on hold for a little bit. Um, I'm going to find out how much time Karen actually has. 
No, that's fine. That's fine. I, my last comment is is essentially, um, I'll just give a shameless plug real quick for anybody that wants to check me out. You can go to WFRN.com oh, and you can listen live on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also <laughs> find my cookbooks at www.bonnie-appetit.com, A-P-P-E-T-I-T.com. And that's Fern Radio, WFRN. And Fern Radio, all the time. We got Fern here. We got everything you want. That's right. Right here on Fern Radio. Sorry. <laughs> and we'll right, see you next you week. All later. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me. Let, you bet. <laughs> there we go. Let me get uh, my, my guest of the day theme for our guest of the day, Karen Strong. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Anyway, the official bio is a person with, uh, who is doing gender society analyst. I love that title. We'll have to explain that. Karen Strong is a critic of feminism and an absolute uh, for uh, advocate excuse me, for men's rights based in Edmonton, Canada, where it's really too cold. She's best known for her infamous YouTube channel, Girl Rights What? She's on uh, a men's issues podcast known as Honey Badger Radio and has given presentations on feminism, men, and masculinity across North America. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. Let me make your line live. Hang on. There it goes. Okay, now you're live. Karen, welcome to the show. Uh, you did pronounce my last name correctly. I, oh, good. I'm kind of shocked. <clears throat> that never happens. Sometimes. Literally literally never happens. So. Well, my name, Penglis, is always mispronounced constantly, so uh, it happens um, all the time. So I, I try to at least get that part right. Let me give you a round of applause, first of all. for all the good work you do. Um, sorry about uh, last week. We had a problem with blog talk, so I know you're supposed to be on last week, but I'm glad we got it going this week. Uh, first of all, how much time do you have? Do you, do you, because we've got the full hour, um, but if you have to go early, I'll, I'll sort of gauge my question. Yeah, I, th- I think I only have about half an hour, so. Okay. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's get everything in we can then. Um, just to give you where I am coming from, um, back in the 80s, I was a, you know, an early men's rights advocate, so back in my 20s. You know, Red Robert Bly, Iron John. You know, I was in San Francisco. I actually did the drumming thing, not the face painting. But I've always been a strong advocate uh, for men's rights because men weren't advocating for men's rights. You know, and somebody had to do it. <laughs> you know, so. Um, Agreed. And it's kind of. It's kind of weird that in, in my 30s, I did all the things that I never said I would do. Got married, you know, got the divorce, <laughs> the whole bit, uh, and, uh, and realized all the problems, you know, with uh, being a, a man in society. You've got to stand up uh, as much as possible. So you, uh, as a woman, hmm. you know, are advocating for men's rights. Uh, men aren't listened to. So how did you get started in this? What, uh, tell me the process. I'm curious. Oh, geez. You know, I, uh, I was going through a divorce. And uh, you know how it is when you divorce, you can, you have like a list um, longer than your arm of everything that they did wrong throughout the entire course of the marriage, especially if you're a woman, Mm -hmm. Uh, because women may forgive, they never forget. Um, But, uh, but I actually was concerned because it you know, I, it's never all on one side. It's, it's never just one person who is to blame for, for something like the breakup of a marriage after 15 years. So I, uh, I sort of was looking for answers, uh, trying to figure out, make a list of the things that I, mistakes that I'd made, things that I hmm. sort of did wrong and ways that I'd undermined the relationship. And I, stumbled quite um, accidentally onto a uh, men's website, the Spearhead. And uh, hmm. 
Not familiar with that one. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it doesn't exist anymore. It's really hardcore in terms Hmm. of of, um, just things telling the barest, most naked truth about the worst aspects of of womanhood, as well as, you know, discussing all kinds of statistical information about men and uh, their risk of, of being abused and their risk of, of being having uh, violence perpetrated on them and all of these other things, sexual assault. And uh, so I started talking with these guys in the comments and you know, I'd come over with a bunch of feminists from a romance writers forum because I was writing dirty books at the time. That's where I got my <laughs> pick my name. Girl writes what? I write dirty books for women. So okay. I was just like, uh, they were like, let's go make fun of these guys over here. And we all arrived at this article. They linked this article about how hard science fiction is just impossible to find. It's always got some stupid romantic subplot to like make the women happy and. And that's not fair. And and uh, and then somebody in the comments said um, said, you know, well, the new Star Trek isn't bad. Uh, I ripped it off the internet, and I've watched it ten times already. And then I said, I said, who's going to write a book for you or or a movie for you? Right? You're not paying for it. Why would they make movies and write books for people who are just going to steal them? Right? They know your girlfriend's gonna drag you to the theater. You know she's gonna buy you the 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 extended DVD director's cut version for Christmas, right? She's mm-hmm. gonna pay for it. You're not. Like, what are you talking about? Are you stupid? And they were like, Oh my god, she's actually got a point there. And then I just got <laughs> talking to these guys, and they were brutal. They were brutal. But um, you know, I've never been scared of people who tell the truth as they see it and I learned a lot of stuff on there and uh, it got me really interested in men's issues and you know what they were dealing with in society uh there were a lot of I always knew feminism was basically um bonk it 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 was like a, a bs ideology but I didn't have you know at that website I found the research materials and the statistical evidence proving that mm-hmm. feminism is full of hooey. And uh, and it just, the, to- the topic interested me. And, you know, I have two boys uh, who I, you know, I want them to have decent lives. I have a daughter who I hope will one day find a man she likes and get married and, you know, have a decent, warm uh, amicable relationship uh, with, you know, that isn't plagued by this gender war um, that pits men against women and women against men. So, you know, like I, I just kind of figured, well, and it's something I was good at. Interesting. So You said that, uh, it's fascinating, you said you want your sons to have an interesting life and you want your daughter to find a, a man she likes uh, rather than the other well, way around. Well, I, I, I want my sons if if they choose to settle down with a woman, I want them to be able to do that. I want them to be able to experience a marriage without fear, um, and and all of those things, right? But I, you know, I also want them to have uh, a lot of the things that even single men don't get to enjoy. They, they there's no male only spaces allowed anymore. 
right? There's no male-only clubs. Uh, Mm -hmm. Boy Scouts have girls in them, right? There's all kinds of things that single men are being... uh, It's it's not just the question of marriage, the question of sexual activity, the question of domestic violence, abuse, divorce, all of these things. It's it's also just the general uh, atmosphere of the culture and... You know, like we're bombarding boys um, from the earliest ages with these absolutely negative messages about uh, what a man is, what masculinity is, you know, all of these things. You know, masculinity is uh, is toxic to both men and women, right? So uh, it's no wonder you find, you know, these liberal men who get upset when their two-year-old sons fall in love with tractors and don't want to play with. Uh, I was going to get to that. You know. Yeah, the the whole uh, the Jeff uh, Dieter. I probably mispronounced his name too. He wanted his son to to oh. be like a girl and a boy, and uh, his, his son wanted to play with tractors. We should tell that story and, and your involvement. Oh yeah, it. no, no. I mean, like I I read the story and I was just mm-hmm. like, oh my, like how can you? Okay, see. It, the whole point of sort of the Marlo Thomas free to be you and me movement in the 1970s, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the brand of uh, child rearing and, and tolerance that, that I grew up inside as a tomboy um, was, you know, you let your kids be who they are and, mm-hmm. and you accept them and you love them. Uh, because of or despite who they, what they are, who they are, and how they want to be, um, within within reasonable bounds. If they want to be a little psychopath, killing, you know, sticking needles in the family dog's eyes, yeah, no, not okay. But yeah. you know, if she wants to, if if your daughter would rather climb trees than play with Barbies, then that's okay. Let her do it. And um, but now we're at this point where it's like. Well, the only people who are allowed to behave in any kind of traditionally masculine way are women. Yeah, right? women that's are allowed a, to like tractors. <laughs> well, and women are encouraged. Yes, look, there's a woman yeah. who's you know flying a fighter. There's a woman who's running a corporation. There's a woman, you know, there's a white man that started Action Radio. I don't get any credit for it for you know being a white guy. <laughs> it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, no, no, and, and when the first woman who and, does it. Who's going to get more credit than me, which is going to be fascinating. Well, sh- sure, she's going to she's going to get more credit than you, but she's also never yeah. going to be really accused of of you know uh, the kind of ruthless masculine behavior with you know elbowing people out of the way and trampling uh-huh. over them to to get the prize, right? She's she's never going to be accused of that kind of toxic toxic competitiveness and toxic ambition. And but why? Toxic but wait a minute. Focus. Uh, Everything's competitive. Career and money, but aren't I women know, competitive? I women are. I, I saw Mean um, Girls. Women are competitive, you know. But but look at uh, the corporate level. You don't get to be head of a corporation if you're a woman, unless you're you know good at it. You know, so aren't women competitive? Yeah. Yes, so they are. Not, but but it's but okay when they do it. Oh, okay. It's okay when they do it, and like, hmm. well, it, it is a it is an aspect of masculinity. It's sort of. You know, as we, as with most things, it's never all mm-hmm. one or all the other, right? It's yeah, just like yeah. kind of a 
a spectrum of different traits, and there's very little overlap between men and women in terms of their personality and their preferences and things like that. But there is overlap. About hmm. um, uh, about 25% or so overlap in um, in how women and men um, do things, how they prefer things, you know, just all hmm. of their, yeah, there's, there's overlap. Um, but if you're looking at it, um, in terms of something like sensitivity to, you know, emotion, you know, crying at the end of movies and things like that, right? A man has to be more sensitive than 85% of, of men to be as sensitive as the average woman. Hmm. So, I mean, we're talking, yeah, we're talking overlap, but, you know, not that much. And uh, and you have to make allowances for the overlap. You have to make allowances for the outliers and the exceptions. But but as a friend of mine once said, to uh, believe uh, generalities exist, to believe no one is an exception makes you a bigot, to believe everyone is an exception makes you an idiot. So. <laughs> Wow. Um, there's so much I want to talk to you about. But it seems one of my questions I'm meaning to ask you is that uh, why is it that men who speak up for men's rights aren't listened to and women who speak up for men's rights are? That oh, that's because that, that's a multi-pronged uh, thing. Um, first off, we, there's, there's uh, less of a self-interest argument. Um, oh. You know, oh, you're just being – you're just looking out for yourself and being selfish, right? So there's, there's less of that argument there. Um, but on top of that, uh, women are sort of the arbiter, arbiters of um, – even Susan B. Anthony admitted this in 1849 at a temperance luncheon, right? You know, mm-hmm. every we all – we ladies all know that we are the arbiters of social norms. And that if we say something is socially unacceptable as a group, if we decide that, um, then men will stop doing it, right? It will no longer be tolerated among, among, by men among other men. So, you know, this is how we're going to get temperance. This is how we're going to make men stop drinking. And um, so there's, there's that. It's, it's just women have... Uh, the soft power of social influence more than men do. Um, And then on top of that, women have this wonderful thing called neoteny. And neoteny uh, is basically the retention of childlike characteristics into adulthood. Um, So, you know, things like... (laughs) Things like... Well... Things like a high forehead, larger eyes, longer oh. eyelashes, softer oh, face quality. and body. Yeah, okay. less. Well, there's some there's some uh, sort of psychological neoteny going on there too uh, huh. when you watch how men and men and women interact. But um, but mainly, it's there's a perception um, there that women have more childlike characteristics physically. Uh, in, even the pitch of their voices, right? And mm-hmm. one of the interesting things about neoteny is people who are high in neoteny are perceived by both men and women and across all cultures to be both cuter, right, and mm-hmm. nicer, right? And people who are very low in neoteny... <laughs> need to be protected uh, and looked yes, after and cared yes, for? Okay, and, right. Yeah, but, but definitely not a threat. 
and right. people who are high in um, or low in neoteny. So think of uh, Big Chris in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, um, uh, Vinny, I forget what his name is, um, or uh, the Throw Mama from the Train woman, right? Very low in neoteny. They're mm. seen as intimidating, right? Okay. And men, women are simply more neotenous than men. They're, they just come off as less intimidating. Um, and uh, so that, that gives it... It's a, a kind of a double bind for women because, you know, there are certain ways where men are taken much more seriously um, when they when you need someone who's strong and confident and capable and resilient and gritty and tough. Um, you're going to take a man generally going to take a man more seriously than a woman. But that also applies to someone who's coming at you with a knife. Right. You're definitely going to perceive a man doing that as a more extreme threat than, than a woman doing that. So it's, um, it's kind of a double-edged sword for both sexes. Um, but I think this is what allows women to operate within a controversial area. Um, it's what allowed feminism to embrace ideas and promote ideas like gender side. Ooh, let's just cull the population of men. Let's reduce it down to 10%. Oh, here, have a women's studies program and a PhD, you know, and, uh, and tenure. You got tenure because you proposed reducing the population of men down to 10%. So. <laughs> That's fascinating. Well, I've long said, and we talked about this on the show, in fact, I've, I got it from your videos too, if, if uh, the men ever go on strike, I mean, society collapses, you know, because we're the ones that do the work, and especially white men, because we have no privilege. We have no affirmative action, no extra college scholarships, no, you know, contracts from uh, government set-asides, no nothing. We, everything we get, we have to do on merit. I mean, Action Radio is built on merit alone, you know, because I, I don't get anything. I don't have any special grants or, or anything. So it's quite fascinating. Yeah, no, the guys, and... guys go on strike, you know. What are the women? Oh, doing? yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, like this is one of the horrible things about our society right now is um, how unappreciative it is. You know, it's, you, you can't even say, you know, the, the brave men who gave their lives, you know, in World War II without including ooh, the brave women. And it's like, okay, and, and now you have to list the women first, the brave women mm-hmm. and men, not the mm-hmm. brave men and women, you know, because, uh, because women need that. Um, you know, uh, special status and, and, you know, we, women are tough and they're strong and, and they're capable, just as capable as any man, except if, if they don't have a female role model in the role, a uh, female professor, or, you know, if they don't see women being firefighters or police officers, if they don't see them, you know, they're just going to be so discouraged because that's how tough and capable they are and determined and all of this, right? It's, it, hmm. it's extremely frustrating. It, short, it shortchanges the ability of women to have grit. Um, it actually lets them off the hook for, not, for failing to have some grit, for failing to actually have some resiliency and toughness, um, which I think women uh, probably should. They, it wouldn't hurt. It definitely wouldn't hurt at this point for them to grow a pair, um, put on some big girl panties. But um, but with men, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. But with men, you're 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 looking at a situation where 
you're at a disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just at a at a institutional overt disadvantage with extra programs and stuff for women and and right. all of that. But there's also a, an in a, an uninstitutional kind of social disadvantage that you have going on where there's an unconscious bias that they've measured that extends all the way to the un- to at to the university level where teachers uh female and male at university level uh mm-hmm. teachers will actually grade a paper higher if the name at the top is a woman than if it's a man same paper better grade for a woman right so you have that un for informal bias going on as well and then on top of that you're told that you're so privileged you're playing life on the easy setting and if you can't beat a woman with one hand tied behind your back by affirmative action, right, you're a loser. But if you do beat her with two hands tied behind your back, well, you're a jerk because you stole an opportunity from a more deserving woman. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Guys can't win. I mean, it goes as far as uh, commercials. I can't tell you how many commercials I've seen where the guys are always idiots. Unless they're minority guys, in which mm-hmm. case, you know, uh, uh, if everybody in the in the commercial is a minority member, then it's okay to make fun of the guy. But if there's a white guy in the thing, they're the idiot. It doesn't matter who else is in it, you know. And this perception, Agreed. this has got to transfer around. To, you know, father knows best is gone. Now it's like father doesn't know anything. It's, yeah, well, uh, I mean, like I'm, yeah, I'm one of the, I'm one of those people, you know. Like uh, mm-hmm. if you watch the old the old uh, commercials from the 1950s and 60s, where yeah. you know she can't get the cap off the ketchup. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's an idiot. You know? yeah, it's the opposite problem. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but I mean, like, okay, but there were plenty of shows on TV. It wasn't just all Father Knows Best. The Honeymooners. Yeah. Made good point. An absolute. They made absolute fools out of uh, out of Ralph and and his buddy there, and mm-hmm. and you know, and the women were always the ones who were you know smart and saving the day and then they'd reverse it with the Dick Van Dyke show or the you know the Dick Van Dyke show versus um uh I I, I love Lucy right mm-hmm. yeah so i mean you you had i mean even our gang the little rascals right that's where it, it used the he-man woman haters club Right. And the girls would say, you know, boys are stupid, throw rocks at them. Right. And they, you know, and this is how kids are supposed to behave. This is how they've behaved, uh, boys and girls toward each other, Calvin and Hobbes, you know, and Susie uh, Durkins, his little neighbor who he hated, but still had to play with. I mean, they were always on each other. Right. And that's how kids actually across cultures behave once they hit around six, seven, eight years old. But once they start closing the bathroom door when they go pee, right, that's when they're starting to want to socially segregate to, and they, they start doing the plan. The, oh, she girls have cooties, you know, girls rule and boys drool. And that's all fine <laughs> if it's both ways, if it's both ways. Right. But now boys aren't allowed to say anything mean about girls. They're not. Right. Uh, they just have to sit down and take it. And uh, and girls are allowed to say anything mean about boys. It's terrible. It's awful. Well, and well it's men not have fair. to conform. Uh, it's like we live in uniforms, you know, from the Boy Scout uniform to the Army uniform to the corporate uniform. And women can wear whatever they want and be individuals. Women are, are rewarded for the individuality and men are rewarded for the conformity. It's a ridiculous double standard. 
Oh yeah, no, and then and then they complain when they show up to uh, to the office in spaghetti straps and uh, <laughs> and a skirt above the knee, right? They complain, oh, the air conditioning is it's too cold in here, right? Put on a sweater, <laughs> right? Because these guys can't strip down to their to their boxers, right? They're they're all stuck in suits with neckties. Yeah. I need you back on the show because we're not going to have enough time to even touch some of the stuff I wanted to do. But I got two questions uh, in general, and then I want to open up to you for anything else that uh, you want to talk about. Um, Trump. Trump, I find fascinating as far as feminism goes because he's called the the misogynist, the the woman hater, the everything like that. And yet he treated Hillary Clinton in the debate as as an equal. And Trump has always done this. You look at the way he, he deals with women openly, and, you know, and that is actually equality. That's actually feminism. And nobody sees it. Oh. I think I'm like the only one who points this out, oh, that because but, he treats women but, as equals. Go ahead. But someone did a study um, uh-huh. on benevolent sexism. It, it is a feminist study, but it actually makes perfect sense, and, and the data seems good. She ran okay. a few experiments, right, where we – pardon me – she would show – um, the test subjects, three vignettes, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, or a series of vignettes, one in which the, uh, the uh, men and women interacting, one in which the man was treating the woman better, right, with mm-hmm. chivalry, one in which he was treating her the way he would another man. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so a series of these. And, they in, and then asked a series of questions that would sort of indicate levels of of sexism and misogyny you know like um how likely is this man to deny a woman a promotion um because of her sex how likely is it it, that he uh he beats his wife right things like that and they (laughs) invariably found that the man who treated the woman equally was sexist right and the one who treated her better than he treated men was not sexist and the only thing that mitigated that at all is if they made it clear to the test subjects that the man was behaving in an equal manner toward the woman out of a benevolently sexist motivation. He was doing it to promote feminist ideals. Okay? Then they were like, well, you know, he's not as sexist as sexist as I would have thought, I guess, but he's still sexist. <laughs> I'm glad I asked this question because this has always fascinated me that he's the one candidate that, uh, you know, if you had any of the other, the, the weenie Republicans of the, the, I call it the, the, the gelding old party, the GOP, uh, like a McCann yeah. or a Romney, if they had to debate Hillary Clinton, they would automatically lose because that was the right thing to do because they're men and they have to be nice. And she, being a woman, can say anything she damn well pleases and will look strong and authoritative. But if the man looks strong and authoritative or at least treats her like an equal, all of a sudden he's a sexist. And so they can't win. Now, Trump comes along. Now, what is it about him that's different? Why is he able to do this and treat... You know, all the women it makes fun of Pocahontas. I mean, he does all this kind of stuff. You know, I he's a, he's a man's fun. man. I, I think it's because he's funny. Honestly, okay. I think all half right. of it is because he's funny. You know, there there was a series of videos uh, on YouTube called Can't Stump the Trump. And these are just like back-to-back memes, right? You mm-hmm. know, just ridiculous internet memes. Um, but it showed the highlights from the various debates, you know, where he – called Marco Rubio Little Marco and, you know, called, <laughs> called right, Jeb funny. Bush low energy Jeb Bush, yeah. right? And, 
you know, said is, well, maybe is maybe your mom should run for president. She's got more en- energy than you do, right? You know, yeah. and the only Rosie man. O'Donnell, right? Yeah. And yeah. and my fourteen year old, he was fourteen at the time, right? My fourteen year old loved them, <laughs> loved them. He he wanted he wanted uh-huh. to get, and we're in Canada, remember? He right. wanted to get a Trump hoodie and a MAGA hat. And wear it to school to trigger the libs. And I oh, was get like, him on the show. Bring him. Bring him on the show sometime. This is fun. <laughs> no, I'm serious. This is actually. Well, I no, got to tell you just real quickly that we do things that no one's ever done. We have a citizen legislature. You know, we write bills. Anybody can come on the show and do that. We have a bill to take away the power of Congress to borrow money, constitutional amendment. We do serious stuff. Vaccine liability, ending big tech censorship. I, I'm not even going to go into it now. I'll talk to you off the air. But there's just a world of things that we do here. This fascinating. One of them is we're very informal. You're welcome to call anytime. You hear something that you find interesting, call in. I got your number. I'll know it's you. You know, and, but we get kids, we get parents, we get everybody on the show because it's interesting. People that would never normally do it are welcome on the show because we're all about regular folks. I want, I want President Trump to be able to talk to, you know, Joe the Barber from, uh, you know, Wisconsin. That's the kind of well, thing that, Well, that, that's kind of the, what Trump is. I think, I think okay. just the way he talks, um, the way he, uh, he interacts with people – it almost feels like he spends more time around tradespeople than he spends like around carpenters and 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 riveters and and yeah. plumbers and stuff than he spends around um, the glitterati. And right. I think that there's there's an aesthetic quality about him, despite his silk ties, that really appeals uh, to that kind of um, that that working class way of talking to each other, interacting with your community, all of those things. Mm. Um, so I think, I think that was part of his appeal was he, he is, he is just funny. He's not scared to say whatever pops into his head. Um, and he, and he just talks like, a, a, like a regular Joe. I mean, he basically is what Joe Biden pretends to be. <laughs> Well, Joe Biden pretends everything. Um, we're almost at the end. Well, actually, I think we've, we've used up our, our half hour, but a minute left. I have so much more to ask you on, on COVID, on, on transgender issues, on all these different things that I'd love to talk to you about. So I, I, I'm going to ask you if you can come back, but just make sure that we get what you want to talk about or subjects or whatever time you, you, you want to take. Um, contact information, books, projects, anything you're working on. We should, uh, we should get that on the show and on the podcast. Um, but uh, please come any back. Topic, this is great. Any topic you want to discuss, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm guaranteed to have an opinion on it. I am a woman, well, you know. Well, of course, I have opinions too, and I'm a guy. You know, <laughs> you'd, you'd actually like. We have a, we have an interesting. We have the Sex and Sensuality Report uh, with Dorothy Diana on Mondays, and she works with women and, and, and sexuality issues, and she's a uh, sex educator and a nurse and a bunch of other stuff. And she, she's, she's got such a woman perspective, and I bring the guy perspective. She's like, oh, I never thought of that. Well, I said, well, that's why I'm here, <laughs> you know. So you might find that fascinating. Uh, check any of our Monday shows. I, uh, yeah. I just might. Um, yeah. yeah, no, but uh, but feel free to contact me if you got a topic okay. that uh, you know, COVID, vaccines, things like that. I I'm perfectly happy to talk about those. Um, Trudeau and the truckers, you know, all of those things. Oh, so, I have a friend, a uh, reporter, Canada friend, we, and we have a Bill of Rights we wrote for Australia with an Australian freedom fighter that's very similar to what I want to propose for Canada. So we have work to do <laughs> if you're interested. 
Uh, you know, just just uh, hit me up if you ever want to okay. discuss it, and, and okay. I'll uh, be happy to come back on. So. Okay. Any contact information? Any projects? Books? Anything? Websites? Um, no projects. No books. Um, but you can find me on uh, the site formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk brought me back from the from the grave three years in the cemetery. I I don't yeah. look that great, you know, for it, but. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm back there and uh, uh, same handle, girl writes what, and yeah. uh, my YouTube channel, and of course uh, you can check out Honey Badger Radio and uh, and I'm pretty much all over the internet uh, under either my real name or or the handle girl writes what. So okay, and you're making videos again because you're like about a ten year absence it seemed like. Oh yeah, no, I I haven't. You know, I I I'm not one of those. I I don't. I, if I'm if I'm just gonna have to repeat myself, um, well that's that's my choir is on my YouTube channel, right? They've okay. they've already seen all my videos, right? And and mm-hmm. I've already presented most of my thesis. I am always happy to come on to a program with virgin bums on virgin seats to hear <laughs> me talk about these things, right? Rather than just uh, preaching to the already converted. So yeah. Well, I'm going to show the, I'll put this to our man page. We actually have a man page. Um, and so this it's going to be a podcast. They'll see this in a little bit if they're not listening already. Um, but thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful day. You too. And I'll be in touch, definitely. Let's give you another round of applause. <laughs> That's from the guys. And you take care. You too. All right. Bye now. This is so much fun. <laughs> I just love these conversations. I mean, someone like Karen is, is uh, just absolutely wonderful to have on, on the show. But like I said, the COVID thing I was going to ask about was in, in terms of the response. Uh, you know, was it a feminine or a masculine response? It seems to be feminine. You know, we're going to make you safe. We're going to protect you. We're going to do all this for you. We're, we're, we're your, your guardians, your security. Um, and so we'll see if that, uh, what happens with that. All right, looks like I got time. We got about, I don't know, 27 minutes left in the show. So it's time I took a little break. I haven't played anything yet. So let's do that now. It's now 9.33. Wow, good stuff. I wish you had the full hour because, I mean, like I said, there's just so much to talk about. Let me get to the information first of all, and then we'll be back with uh, whatever time we have left to talk about anything you want to talk about. So all my folks, Pianchi, Josh, you want to call back in? Um, anybody is welcome to uh, chat with us. Uh, Marco Netherlands, you know, feel free to uh, <laughs> type some more messages and away we go. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com W-R-I-T-E Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. 
for contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Well, this is one of the most fun shows I think we've done. Talk about busy. You know, I'm going to make uh, Pianchi's back, which is 
great. I asked him to, to come back on the show. He's got a whole point I really want to talk about, which is excellent. But uh, from Bill to Wendy to Bonnie, you know, to my callers, Josh and Pianchi, and to Karen Strawn, who was just on. Fabulous, fabulous uh, uh, information and uh, great discussions, great, uh, great debates. And it's, it's just, uh, this is the coolest place to be. This is like my dream job. Yeah, I couldn't be happier than what I'm doing right now, except maybe flying upside down supersonic. But that, we'll, I'll get there. Anyway, Pianchi, you raised an issue. Uh, Bill and I talked about it, you know, things not in the news. And what's not in the news uh, is the, the poor chef of Obama that's dead. So you got some details for us? What's going on with that? Well, his mother is asking for answers. And hmm, the DA, Attorney General of uh, Florida, need to be filing an indictment. On what happened in Massachusetts, Barack Obama. It happened in Massachusetts on Martha's Vineyard. How, how would the Florida oh, be able to right. do that? Well, I'm sorry. Well, let's okay. see here. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Mm. Well, then, well, you probably wouldn't get no indictments out of, of Massachusetts, Attorney uh, General. But there needs well, to be but doesn't mean they can't investigate now. it. Actually, I have a friend of mine who's a. You know, I, I talked to. I have a friend who was a, a, a cop, <clears throat> state police officer um, in Massachusetts, and retired from that. So he knows everybody. <laughs> I'll ask. I'll see if I get him on the show. That is a great. This is. This, I think you're onto something. This is kind of fun. Oh, the people I know. It's amazing. I love radio. Let's see if I can get them on. Well, to you talk need about to put this. her on the indictments right away. She was the one there at the house, right? He was gone. I told you what I think was going on. Oh. I think he was banging her. <laughs> That's a great theory. Uh, so, so Michelle was 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 banging the chef, and uh, while Obama was away, you no. know who were no, the know. chef was bang- well the chef was banging uh, Michelle because she was probably being served in bed. And then one thing leads to another. He's more manly than a Barack. One can just determine that by visual experience, uh, appearance. Well, Barack is a very feminine man, you know. And uh, I, was, I forgot to say, welcome to the very masculine action radio. Because we're, we're, you know, and I make no apologies and no bones about it. this. Is why it's interesting to have Karen on. But uh, all right, let's talk about this. This is fascinating to me. Again, I should do a section. I'm hoping Bill will pick it up of things that are not in the news that should be. There's a lot of things not in the news. Uh, and so this is one that is very interesting to me. That's why we have a special investigations group at Action Radio to post all the stories that are not in the news or things we need investigating. So what do you know about this? Uh, did you have an article that you, you sent me? Or I mean, you can read right from it, but uh, yeah, tell I me sent what you know. You, I sent you a, uh, an article, a YouTube okay. article on the, on the topic of, uh, like any mother has the uh, responsibility or uh, the love okay. for her child when her child is missing, uh, goes and meets the faith that her son did, she wants some answers. Not that he uh, was an accident, something that he'd probably been – and anyway, how you have an accident, you can stand up in the water. Uh, well, it's like eight that. feet. It was over his head, but even so, he had a floating board. It doesn't take a lot of energy to, to kick up high enough, grab a board, and just hang on to it. You haul yourself on it, and you use it as a paddleboard. You know, you just lay on it like a surfboard. Yeah, you he probably had up. a life vest on, too. Uh, well, where where was he? Was it uh, no wind condition? Was it in uh, calm water? Was he uh, was he in the ocean when he did this? Or because it was it, obviously it wasn't that deep. I don't think it was in the ocean. I think it was. I think property where he's uh, where Barack's property is. I think that's something that's afforded to the property owners. I guess like a dock that goes out into a lake, or huh. that then proceeds on out into the ocean. I think it was that way. But regardless, there needs, the lady is asking for the mother is asking for answers. I'm wondering if the chef was 
how can I put this nicely, getting it on with, with Barack and Michelle got upset. Might have been. I think it's the other way around. I think okay. that uh, now that's me. If I was to that's, draw a picture, I think okay. that, no, that's uh, fine. That's why I want your opinion. Yeah, I don't think he would. I don't think looking at that that kid, uh, that young man, and, he's a regular uh, guy. Intention. He, he wants a woman. Into, okay. I don't think he had any desires from Rock. I think the okay. desires right. lie with Michelle. Michelle, okay. so he's a, a, so he's a straight guy. A woman that demands a lot of attention. Physically, yeah, she does demand a lot of attention, and I don't believe she's a dude. I know, I know, Josie's convinced of that. Uh, I've I've heard various different sources. You know, they're just using that, but uh, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, she was attracted. It's like the pool boy, except he's a chef. <laughs> so how many how many staff are in this uh, uh, compound? I'm going to use that word because I always use that for people they don't like in the media. So in the Obama compound on Martha's Vineyard, how many staff are there? Do you, does anybody look into that? They have about at least six. They need a cook. They need people to clean the house. They need the gardens to be attended to and other maintenance. Cool so I would say Got probably cool at least four or six. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. But see, this is the opportunity to to start putting illegal pressures on her that mm-hmm. would be uh, smeared if she ever tried to run for president. Oh, Michelle, yeah. Now, has, has uh, the chef's mom um, – what's her first name? What's the chef's name? We should We should address these people properly. Her, her mother? I don't know. Okay. All right. Do you remember who the chef? Name is Robertson. So the chef's name is Robertson? I think his was Byron, but I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Let's call him Byron. I like to give people names so that we can identify him because it makes him more like people rather than saying the chef. Um, but this is uh, this is quite fascinating. I mean, the inner workings of the, the Obama household. So like you say, chef, gardener, uh, pool boy, uh, chauffeur. Do they drive themselves or do they have a chauffeur? Well, they would have the uh, Secret Service. Okay, so they, they've got so they've got transportation, and you've got to have uh, uh, interior, you know, house cleaners and chamber people or whatever they call them. Used to be chambermaids. Yeah, but you, you, she ain't she ain't clean that house. She's not dusting. I mean, she's not polishing yeah, the silver. Got, okay, Michelle Obama is not polishing the silver. I guarantee you. <laughs> no. That's for the peasants. Yeah. So how many black people work there as opposed to how many white people? Is it an all-black staff? I would, I would imagine they all black, but I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Because they, they'd be the only other black people on Martha's Vineyard. I mean, it's Mighty Whitey Island. We've talked about that. And really, I, it may not – well, it may be, it may be some uh, <laughs> Hispanics working there rather than blacks because you don't see blacks today working in those positions like you once upon a time did. Okay. Is it uh, nobody wants the perception of, of like, like the slavery issue of, of serving white people, but, but the Obamas are black. So why would that be a problem? Or is it still a Well, yeah, but they're the only ones, maybe one or two, you know, in that area that would, uh, that could demand that type of uh, service. So it's not that okay. you just got people standing around waiting to take on that particular job. Okay. But, you know, uh, if if I was Barack Obama, which is kind of an interesting thought, but if I were Barack Obama, because he hates the British, right? I would I would spend a fortune to bring over a proper, really good official British butler, you know, to to serve me, <laughs> a white British butler to serve me. If I were Barack Obama, that's what you I'd like do. the movie. Which one? Butler. You remember that one? I don't remember that movie. movie too. 
Now, I was thinking of like, uh, remember yeah. Sir John Gielgud in, did you ever see the movie Arthur with uh, Dudley Moore? Where he played the yeah, sport little brat? Yeah, Arthur, Arthur. Okay, I so Arthur. Well, I think it was Arthur. So the guy that played the butler, his name was John Gielgud. He was later knighted. Sir John Gielgud is one of the classic British actors, yeah. uh, like uh, like Alec Guinness that was in Star Wars, although he did a whole bunch of other films. So classic British when he actors. Walked, he played a butler. He stiff. Yeah, that's when that's he walked, great, he but, stiff. Yeah, that was yeah. him. That yeah, was a good okay. movie. <laughs> it was a great movie. But the but the point is, that's a British butler. I mean, he played a British butler perfectly. Um, Arthur Treacher, mm-hmm. I think, was another British actor. Always played butlers. Uh, he was in um, Dial M for Murder. I think he was in, or he's in some kind of Hitchcock films, but he's all, he's a British actor. So, 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 but the British, the British still have butlers. They have butler school. I mean, it's a profession because they're still a, a class society, despite what, what they say. Um, but they still have, you know, old style, you know, white butlers for white households, you know, and in the British empire, they haven't changed that much, you know, so they still have a butler. So yeah. that's what I do if I were Obama. If I hated England, I'd make sure that I had a white British butler serving me. I just find that thought amusing. Come here, Jeeves. But no, this is an opportunity for conservatives to push the issue like they would if, like, you see all these different indictments coming up on oh, yeah. Donald Trump. Well, I can see at least two or three with this particular incident that well, they being imposed on the Obamas. You know, considering Obama's a former president, this comes under Congress, right? You know, that the Congress should be able to investigate, especially because he gets Secret Service protection. So oh, here's how I do it, right? So so under the guise of, in, of oversight on Secret Service protection of presidents, let's see. Now, did the Secret Service fail? Did they fail to protect? Uh, this is, you could work at this angle, right? So it would be an investigation of the Secret Service for not protecting the butler who was an employee of the Obamas. That's how you could do it. Because, you know, do the, does the Secret point. Service – yeah, doesn't the Secret Service protect the staff of the, of the former president? I would think they would. That's a good point. That's Don't they investigate point. the staff? I mean, they all, all those people had to pass Secret Service background checks. I didn't think about this, but they all, they all had to pass back checks to even work in the Obama's compound. Right? Yeah. Unless Michelle just waved them through. But I, I don't think, even think I she, think she one has one that much power. Secret Service. Isn't one of his Secret Service agents black, too? I don't think – I don't foresee Michelle having a relationship with a white male. Okay. Well, she, she she's trying to replace but the I entire – government with black women so no she would not have a relationship with a white guy no but uh, this thing would she yeah the chef i tell you what is uh, people need to need to the the uh, republicans (laughs) and conservatives need to start applying the pressure you got an opportunity (laughs) apply the pressure what did they say never let a good opportunity go to waste and never let a good story go to waste and something like that they're gonadless the the gelding geo the, the the gelding old party can't do it. I mean, this I'm really enjoying this gossip right now. This is kind of fun. We haven't done a good rumor show for a while. So here's a question. So could Michelle? Could there be a black secret service agent um, that the chef was jealous of, and they had to bump off the chef who threatened to expose the black secret service agent who's bopping Michelle? This gets even more interesting. <laughs> yeah, when he uh, when okay. he came back to get the tray, she's doing her nails, and when. She'd go to move a glass, oops, spill something, and she asked him, could you, you know, dry that up? Mm-hmm. Her nails mm-hmm. are wet. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, the possibilities are endless. What I'm saying is that I think you're absolutely right, and I had forgotten this, but it's, it's good to get this uh, story back. Let's ask Mark on the Netherlands. Mark, what do you think over there? Let's see what, uh, you know, if uh, the, the, the mysterious death of the chef. See, if it, if it happened to anybody else. You know, there'd be investigations all over the place. Can you imagine if, if Trump, first of all, they'd be, they would criticize Trump for not having a black chef if he doesn't have one. 
Um, I don't know what the Trump staff is at Mar-a-Lago. That's a resort. He's probably got a ton of staff there. Uh, I know he has a ton of Secret Service there. Of course, you don't see problems like that. You know, but I want to know how this guy died. How does he die? Has, has, has the coroner's report come out? Has, we should start investigating this. Maybe I'll make this a project for Everything's quiet. Uh, Obama's staff. Everything is quiet, like uh, Pelosi's husband. Everything's quiet. That's the other one, yeah. So we got Obama. Sh- let's let's make a list of the untold stories. So we got Pelosi's husband. I'll ask uh, Bianca. She's coming back on the show Friday. Mm-hmm. Pelosi's husband. Who who else is? What what other stories are not being investigated? Right? Anybody else die recently that we should know about? Any other? No, uh, I'll take a look. Not not oh. to come to mind. All right, we're going to have a gossip report. We've got to, we've got to figure this out. You know, it's interesting, too. We had uh, Remember when Josie brought Mickey Wickoff on the show, who's uh, Ashley Babbitt's mother? She wants answers, too. So we should have Ashley yeah, Babbitt. Yeah, she deserves answers because that there is uh, – here you got a guy that is fumbling and leaves his gun in the bathroom on the counter mm-hmm. and walks out mm-hmm. out of the bathroom. This guy here uh, – and the good thing about it is murder – has no sunset, so mm-hmm. something he done something wrong there. What he done don't make sense. Well, the other I think the other person, Roseanne Boylan, wasn't she the woman who was killed by the police? She was like trampled uh, during January sixth. Outside, yeah. Outside, you had a woman that was beat. Another black female out with the police with a two before or something like that. A tree yeah, that's Roseanne, that's Roseanne Boylan. Yeah, she was killed outside. So there's another one. So we need to start investigating these people. But I, I think the chef is and fascinating. Then when you, uh-huh. you remember the one scene where they showed the, the black uh, Capitol Police leading people and beckoning them, follow me, follow me, up the steps? But that yep. right there tells you something was going on. Well, we know something's going on. This is, why do you think I've been calling it the Capitol Hill Invitational Walk-In? You know, they opened the doors. They said, the price is right. This is the price is right protest. Come on down. Come on in. Yeah. Everybody welcome. Yeah, that was and you're absolutely right because you see uh, a guard running out mm-hmm. to the uh, perimeter uh, barricade, moving mm-hmm. and beckoning people. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why um, it was necessary um, for the Trump supporters to be up on top of the Capitol so they could do the coup underneath the Capitol and twist arms and make sure that they only voted for Brandon electors uh, and to back up Mike Pence's you know, treason. Uh, by not sending the electors back to the states, so yeah, it's all part of the plot. We know how we, we know the whole story. We just can't uh, prove it. Um, and the other interesting thing too, well, I should ask Christina, the the congressional record not only says that, nothing about it. Uh huh. Yeah. See, the public perceive these people to be smart, but really they're dumb. They're stupid. Yeah. And they do stupid things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and within doing those stupid things, it tells you that I mean, this was either a blunder or wasn't rehearsed right. Which one? You're talking about January 6th or the the, the killing of... Uh, January 6th in particular, yeah. yes. That's the one yeah. that's on, on mine. The actions of Ips, the action of the guards, uh, sorry, the Capitol Police, mm-hmm. uh, removing the barricades, leading people, beckoning them to follow me up the steps, and, mm-hmm. and, and then uh, Abbott, uh, that was, uh, it wasn't rehearsed right. Thus, when you look at it, you see, well, this ain't supposed to happen like this. For those who uh, have that type of intellect, they use that logical thinking. 
Yeah, and then they had, remember when they had the police saying, here's how you recognize, you know, who, who are Capitol Hill police in crowd? And they said they're, they're wearing some blue ring or whatever. Here's how you recognize they're wearing, you know, red MAGA caps. Or this is how you recognize, you know, our people. So obviously there were their people in. Yeah, well, like and the, again, uh, it goes back to my article that I just wrote, you know, for Substack. You know, I'm not going to vote for Republicans until they hold a hearing uh, on January 6th, a real one. That's the John Dillinger uh, tactics. What's that? What you just wearing articles. Remember John, the the woman that was with John Dillinger wore a red dress into. Uh, oh, the biograph. To, uh, form the, Bi- the biograph theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually one of the few films that Johnny Depp did that I really like. When he played John Dillinger, he did a really good job at that. Mm-hmm. So if everybody should see that that film Dillinger. You know, it was corrupt and decadent and violent and I'm sure extremely accurate. Uh, but it was, that was a really good film. But, yeah, the woman totally betrayed him. Uh, and um, the, the officer that shot him actually, you know, did it because it was his job. But he still had compassion and, uh, you know, took his last wish and things like that. It was really it's an interesting film that the police that chase somebody for years and years, they, they, it's almost like a – not quite like a Stockholm syndrome, but they, 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 they form a certain uh, – um, Bond. Remember, what was the film with Denzel Washington and um, the guy that was in uh, Russell Crowe? Remember the film about the uh, the black drug dealer? What was his name? The one that took over for Bumpy in Harlem. Remember him? Yeah, I know. Pretty... The... And that's a yeah, true the... story, too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a true story. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but the cop that was chasing. I can't uh... think of his name. Yeah, but it was whoever was chasing the, the, the drug dealer, and the drug dealer went to, uh, I think, the Golden Triangle, went to uh, you know, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, somewhere in there, and actually got drugs directly from uh, the drug dealers, flew them in on American airplanes, and uh, Blue Magic. <laughs> I remember where the, drug, the heroin was, Blue Magic. And, yeah, that is a true story. And, uh, but it's interesting, that but they, they actually ended up being you know, friends. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Some of, your bigger, some of your biggest drug dealers, and there was a lot of them, mm-hmm. that um, of modern era were black. You had a family came out of North Carolina. You had uh, another. Uh, you had several of them out of Detroit, mm-hmm. and they New ran York some uh, pretty extensive. Yeah. They, yeah, they ran some pretty extensive organization. A black what, people say uh, that uh, white to bring the drugs in the community. Well, that's no, not so. No, was there ever like an equivalent of the Italian mafia for blacks? Was there a black mafia? Yeah. Organized families, or is it like usually single families? Were there groups of families? No, it would be. It would be some organization going on there. Yeah, were they all killing Especially each other the like the Italians? <laughs> well, and well, uh, you well, know, he, he walked up and he shot that one person that owed him money right there amongst uh, the public. Yeah, they went People back in the break. Standing on Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Trump's that too. It's very Trump said I could shoot somebody dead right in the street here in New York, and uh, and nobody would notice. It's a, you know it was an unfortunate quote, but it's probably true. But uh, yeah, crime fam. We should it'd be interesting to look into crime families. Um, you know, our gangs gangs are not families like the like the mafia, but they're certainly like a, like a family unit. There's certainly a a structured uh, organized thing. Anyway, interesting. All right, let's pursue this. We're pretty much out of time for today. This has been fun. <laughs> you know, I, mean, it's, uh, um, I really enjoyed today's show. This, we had a good time tomorrow. And tomorrow, just to let people know, tomorrow I've got Chadwick Moore, uh, another short interview, unfortunately, maybe like 25 minutes. Uh, he's the author of Tucker, 
And so I'm going to make sure to get in a little bit of action radio and hopefully get a message to Tucker. About, oh, when uh, Brianna come back, she may bring some friends. Oh, from Patriot Academy? Yeah, Brianna maybe talk to some friends and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Why don't you check it out? Well, I'll tell you what, if you, if you want to call to and ask her next week, yeah, if you want to talk to her, you know, usually we have so much that I, I like to talk to her with. I, I don't have a lot of time for calls, but if you want to make a specific point or just type it in a live chat, but that's yeah, if you key, want to talk to her about that, that's fine. Uh-huh. That's the key area that needs to be uh, attended to, and that is the nurturing and bringing up young people into the ideology and the thought, because right well, now there's a void there. I've always tried to get younger folks on the show. Uh, remember Shelby Frenette, our cruise and travel person? Her son Christian's been on a few times. I think he started when he was 11. <laughs> it was the first time he was on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. so he's, uh, so he, you know, he's on. Uh, we've had other folks. Who, we've had younger folks on before. Um, Brianna's one of the youngest who, who's on on her own as, as a as a full reporter. You know, so but she's yeah. unusual. Your adversaries, um, your uh-huh. adversaries don't walk, don't think much of a threat if all, all of you walk in on canes and walkers. But when they see a, a platoon of young people, then it, they have something to worry about. Well, here's my goal with, with Brianna. I'll just tell you real quickly. I'm hoping to get uh, uh, Patriot Academy interested in what we do because they have you know thousands of people that have been through their academy. Those are all potential lobbyists nationwide. You know, and then they're connected with Turning Point USA, which is the college students. So Patriot Academy is more, I think, high school oriented, although you can go up to until I think you're 21. Um, But uh, Turning Point is much more college oriented, and that's thousands more lobbyists. So if we get those two organizations working with us and the students get involved in uh, in legislation and just getting people to send bill links into media and government, that's an entire force right there of thousands of people across the country. You know, I'll, I'll get a few of them to be yeah. actual lobbyists. And if I get a couple of them, if, if we have like two per state um, where we get a few people in uh, Marco left. Marco, I forgot to say goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Marco. <laughs> anyway, if we get a few um, lobbyists or a couple of lobbyists in each state capital and in Congress in Washington, D.C., maybe like four people in Washington um, that are student lobbyists, college, high school, whatever, that's going to be huge. And even after college. So you never know. Well, I you mean, have to have them. You- you see the incident that went on in Nashville, Tennessee, with the uh, shooter, the, uh, the transgender shooter that we have. Yeah, we're, we're, we still need the that manifesto. Yeah. Well, they turned the whole school district into a weapon, uh, demanding uh, gun reform. Well, the reason why and what they're asking for is unconstitutional, but the kids don't know it's unconstitutional for the simple yeah. reason they never taught that. Mm-hmm. So if you're ignorant. You can be misused for your yeah. own detriment overall. Well, it's an absurd argument, too, that if you take away guns from uh, the people, from the victims, that it's somehow going to stop the criminals. As I, as I use the example, it's like trying to stop bank robberies by taking money from the depositors. It's irrational. Right. And the thing that <laughs> pisses me is that you got these old dinosaurs, and I could recognize some from out in California, some activists, they're <laughs> exploiting these kids. Yeah, they are. Put their own selfish. Well, selfish we need game. a lot more Briannas. You know, if I had a lot more Briannas on the show and uh, just or just or just listening and then sharing the show and sharing everything else, you know, she's got the potential. If we, well, let's say for example, if uh, you know, if I can't get on Tucker Carlson, and we get sixty million, you know, people watching what we're doing there, especially if I can encourage him to write a bill on the air, that's going to make history. That's 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 game changing. Yeah. 
our show would, would we'd have millions of listeners overnight. Do you, know what, do you know what position that puts us in, in terms of citizen legislation and activism? We change politics forever. I mean, that's what I'm looking at. That's the potential. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but that's the potential. Catches on. Then I go on Joe well, Rogan. People, there's 60 million listeners. People are granted the powers that is, but they don't recognize that and they don't use them. So, well, that's and our that's job. That's a task in itself. Yeah, we got to teach them how. And then we got to get set, yeah. like the Briannas of the world to keep to keep it going after we're gone. Then we can look down from heaven and go, "Yeah, nice job." <laughs> All right, Yankee. Um, big interview tomorrow. All right, thank you very much. I'll see you later. And we'll, we'll talk later. All right, you take care. <sighs> wow, I've had enough for one day. Back tomorrow morning at uh, 7 a.m. I've already played my information, uh, you know, previously, so you know all that stuff. So I'll play a couple more things. I'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time with, uh, well, we'll just do it all again. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's strikeforceenergy.com. Dot com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. 
It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.